The official podcast of Grapple. I'm Better. I'm JP. And I'm Gareth. And week one, Patreon is done. We're all still awake. Mm. We survived. We're uh, currently streaming live in video uh, on YouTube for our uh, for our nine pound subscribers. It's been a it's been a hell of a week, but uh, we got week one done, JP. Yes, we did. After probably what appeared to be quite a grumpy bad temper daily update to kick things <laughs> off with but um it's them raw results it's actually, it to anyone. mate how can i be in the i don't even know half these fucking people are <laughs> let alone like like what they've meant to have done so i'm just reading words from a screen at that point i can't get enthusiastic hmm. a bit like the time and this feels terrible but i gave my nan i'm sure i've said this before as well an old copy of wwf magazine and I think at that point, I didn't realise that dementia was starting to kick in, and she read out an entire article about the Heart Foundation and the Nasty Boys. And I'd left the room at a point and came back, and she was still carrying on. Terrible thing. <laughs> anyway, I think Patreon's gone right this week. Um, no, no, no holds no holds barred? Yeah, we had a hell of a time uh, doing that. Ah, oh, that was great fun. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Really good fun. Terrible film. Oh, oh that's the lion short of it. Awful film. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's been that. You uh we did the Friday preview show. Mm. We've already got uh we've already done a, a flashback that we're that we're gonna have for next week as well. Mm. Um should we tell should we tell the listeners what yeah, that throw is? It, out there. it doesn't get any better than the holds bad, let's all be honest. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? We've we might as well just quit now. Take the money and run. <laughs> like like a wrestling promoter, really, or any of these other shady fuckers involved in this godforsaken industry that we talk about on a weekly yeah. basis. Well, we'll let Gareth pitch it. It was uh, it was Gareth's idea. This is our uh, our, our review coming this week on uh, on our uh, first episode of the spotlight. Uh, sorry, spotlight flashback uh, on the uh, on the Patreon side. Gareth, what are we reviewing on Wednesday? Yeah, it's uh, it's Halloween Havoc nineteen ninety one. Why Chamber of Horrors? <laughs> Why? Because it's. Ridiculous. That's right, <laughs> and it's uh, the, the, the more ridiculous, the better. When we're going back to review mm. something, and uh, yeah, you, you enjoyed yourself, didn't you? That eleven match card. Oh fuck me! There was, yeah. some, uh, there was definitely some good. There, there, there was some uh, cracking stuff on there for uh, for people to enjoy. Um, mm. The worst squash match ever. Yes. Yep. A couple of them, to be honest. Yeah. A couple of contenders. Well, I was going to say there was a few bad ones, but there was literally the worst squash match ever. Mm. There was. The worst gimmick match ever, mm. is it? It's got to be up yeah, there. Yeah, up there. I, it, the gimmick's got potential for about three minutes, and then the chair comes in and it just fucks everything up. Mm. But yeah, yeah. You're right. I'd do a Chamber of Horrors 2021. Got- Tony Khan could do that. He could he, he could make it work. 
I, I think it's like, well, WWE would do it, wouldn't it? They'd probably take it seriously and have it on the road to WrestleMania or whatever. Just replace <laughs> Elimination Chamber with it. It's Sounds better like than Elimination Vince. Chamber. Like, oh shit, Elimination Chamber. Like, I remember the first time they, they, they unveiled the Elimination Chamber cage, I thought it was pretty cool. Mm. I think it was Rob Van Dam in that one where he was trying to do spots off the corner, but it was... The design wasn't very good because he couldn't even stand up to do like the frog splash. It was mm. just, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then it, from there on, it was like the novelty of seeing dudes take bumps on chain link kind of uh, ran out. And by the 12th time you've seen someone smash through a pod, uh, it's never the same. Oh, God. The Goldberg Triple H finish just killed the Elimination Chamber for me. Mm. Seeing that when he hit him with the... And it's, and it's when Triple H is wearing long tights mm. and he looks fucking awful absolutely fucking awful mm. um should also refer to as well with patreon for those who are here say hello to all the live listeners here we've got some um stuff coming up on the screen in terms of comments on here that i'm sure we'll end up relaying through the show at various points mm. um but yeah a couple of people on here yeah chamber di- joe mills friend of the show chamber died in triple eight when triple h won it in 2003 mm. absolutely and Chris has brought up RVD nearly destroying Triple H's throat off the five star from the top of the pod. Pity he didn't. Um, <laughs> that would be the best best way out, wouldn't it? And we wouldn't have to see Triple H on those no. horrible tights ever again. Yep. I'm, imagine if he'd not been around. <laughs> a, a fair and equitable um, division that's that's kind of you know mm. well booked rather than being about one man's fucking deep set insecurities, no, convincing he, he, himself that he didn't fuck his way to the top which is exactly yeah. what he did you don't know what would what would have happened if, if that had happened where, where would steph have gone after that she'd definitely have gone somewhere else so mm. who, who knows maybe we've got the uh maybe we've got the lesser of the evils randy savage maybe is not. time to shine maybe no um that's not like that joke um. <laughs> always always that rumor <laughs> Christ. although somebody brought up today and i don't want it like the, the rick rude rumor mm. Which kind of links into the Halloween Havoc uh, review on there, though. Um, mm. The uh, apparently he died. Well, according to the Honky Tonk Man, and I can't reliable more reliable source. source than that. Yeah, uh, yeah. He injected um, Viagra into his dick, <laughs> and then he and then he died. Which Why does it mean? Do like, did he? What's, what's gain well, from that? Did he have to fucking freebase it like he was doing chasing the dragon or something? Because he'd have to melt it down, inject it. <laughs> Just have a spare syringe around, which, in fairness, at that point in time, there'd be a good few around. Mm. Um, like, and straight into the dick. I mean, like, I, I, well, well, it was started the other rumor, wasn't the, the other rumor that it, that he'd done that, and then his like knob fell off, and then it was a suicide. Actually, that, that like I've heard that one before, definitely. But, um, but, <laughs> I think yeah. I've read. I think that was in the that? Death Valley Driver list. Who knew yeah. this? Was there just someone in the corner of the room watching us this entire evening where I just went, <laughs> dick's fallen off, kill myself. Oh, it's a heart attack, isn't it? And at no point is it though, JP? Is or it? speak to him and just go, well, you know, it's out of my hands, isn't it? Um, and out of his hands now. It was, well, it was out of his hands. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's a subject for the deep dive. We'll do that at some point, JP, or, or the show that was formerly known as the deep dive once we found out another. Um, Which... Patreon we we did rename. We did rename, <laughs> and as we've gone ever more cruder, which is appears to be something that we're just completely embracing at the moment, we decided to call it Balls Deep. Oh, did we decide? Uh, is that happening now? Okay. <laughs> oh shit! That's an executive decision in that case. It's out uh, there now. Put it out there. We, we can't do that Rick Rude episode as Balls Deep, can we? <laughs> <laughs> the rumours are true. <laughs> uh, 
Like Dark Clouds of the Ring, eat your heart out. They're filming again, aren't they? They've, uh, I think, yeah. was uh, f- mentioned something about uh, doing some voiceovers. Like I say, that is that is that's where the Rick Rude thing came from, isn't it? There is actually a Rick Rude episode, I think. Um, yeah, well, so I it could be on that subject. That could be what's happening. I, I'd be buzzing about that if mm. if that's the case. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> good old Gunny. That's a hell of a line. This one, dicks falling off could help wrestling in general. I don't think there's a truer comment than that that we're going to hear tonight for the audio listeners. Christ, for the, for the audio listeners. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, if you do want to uh, catch video and catch uh, lovely stuff like that, uh, you can uh, still subscribe to our Patreon. It's still a good time to join. Uh, obviously, the way Patreon works is the you know, renewals are the first of the month. So while we're still at the uh, the top of the month, uh, we've got plenty coming up. Uh, we've got. Uh, uh, like I say, in the archive already, uh, our first film club. Uh, there was, like you said before, JP, you've been doing the the Lord's work with those those uh, six in the morning news updates. Uh, like I said before the show, I did Mondays, but I cheated and did it the night before because I am not a man who can get out of bed at six in the morning. But they've been great stuff. And obviously, yeah, we've been doing our, uh, we started our first weekend preview show as well on Friday, JP. So we'll be keeping those up, uh, mm. especially um, for big weekends. Like I said, uh, Halloween Havoc 91 coming up on Wednesday. We've got a, a live hangout for our £9 subscribers who are, are joining us here live tonight as well well we'll be uh having a few beers and uh, having the uh, the grapple happy hour so uh, we'll be doing that before the end of the month as well all of the reasons to subscribe you can get your own rss feed which i'm not sure everyone's aware of uh you can do rather than uh rather than uh, having to log into patreon all the time you can uh have your own private feed where you will just purely get phil mitchell's face uh in your face uh constantly <laughs> which i didn't even do on purpose like that what when we were talking about doing a Patreon last March, I, I signed up to patreon.com slash grapple, and I think I used that as a placeholder and then just forgot. Uh, and then once we launched, the image for the Patreon RSS feed for all of the audio is now Phil Mitchell's big bald head. So, yeah, yeah. it works. It sticks out, Benno, <laughs> doesn't it? When, when I'm scrolling through my own, the, through the podcast feeds, and it's just this picture of Phil Mitchell there, mm. which I think we're going to try and add on a couple of little things to it, aren't we? Um, <laughs> I'm terrified what we're going to add on. <laughs> I, just, I, I just want it to slowly deteriorate, his face, as Phil Mitchell slowly deteriorated his senders <laughs> over, the, over the years. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, thought, we thought, well, we've got Joe Mills in the chat here, really. It's like, do your magic involving a, a grapple app logo and Phil Mitchell, and I'll just sort of throw that out there and leave it at that. As long as we get the slow descent into crack, I think that's a winner. Oh yeah, when he, he when he was listening to the Who, <laughs> like that, that was that, that's like the provoke him and that woman. But it's it it's, it appeared to be less interested in the crack at points and more of just the cigarettes. Mm. It was like they were thirteen <laughs> and they discovered fucking their dads bought two hundred silk cut duty free and they decided to tuck in while he's not noticed. <laughs> That's a review for Film Club. We'll find a wrestling reason to do that. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We'll get there's it. a there's a good there's a good few ideas that have uh, that, mm. that have come up for what what we're going to be doing in the Film Club as well. Oh yeah, um, oh yeah. We got some wacky stuff. Um, you've got some. I know you've got some wacky ideas for uh, for bonus podcast as well, JP. Uh, I've got a couple of uh, my sleeve as well. But uh, yeah, we'll get going with this first one and uh, and see how we do. 
Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah I, 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 it's just worth, worth just saying, like, a big thank you to everybody as well who yes. has subscribed. Yeah. It's been absolutely wild to see the um, mm. to see the number of people who've supported us. And, like, I think it's uh, it, it's it's absolutely crazy. And then, you know, the level of support that people have given is just, like, mm. I don't know, it's, like, knocked my socks off this week. Uh, it's, uh, yeah. it's uh, absolutely fantastic. Like, abs- mm. thanks, thanks, everyone, so much. Yeah. really really appreciate it it's been absolutely brilliant yeah mm. it's 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 been it's like kind of really been uplifting at a time that's well <laughs> feels a bit fucking churlish to say we're doing all right at a kind of shit time but like it kind of, but it's it just feels awful maybe i'll just shut up there thank you all very much really do appreciate it <laughs> so we didn't we didn't launch last march for moral reasons but now we're just like yeah give us your money um <laughs> yeah <laughs> to be fair gareth doesn't need the money after uh, after this weekend i was gonna ask what you lads have been uh have been up to but yeah gareth uh gareth's rolling the money after a uh, super bowl sunday i believe what is a gronk <laughs> i really want to know and i think i know now i think i found, I think I found I out the answer to that question it's a cash cow. Is a, yeah, get on, on Gronk for first score in the Super Bowl when he's he's barely caught a pass all season, but mm. just saw his name on the list there, and I thought there's no way Brady's not 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 thrown a Gronk. That relationship been so long. There's uh, definitely Gronk's turning up here for the first touchdown, and and he did. And uh, my heavy three pound stake that I poured on Gronk <laughs> converted into fifty one, but that put a smile on my face for the rest of the uh, Super Bowl. Where that was uh, that was it. For, forget it. Happy happy as Larry there. So there you go. There's fifty one quid sat in my Paddy Power account now that I can now spunk up the wall in the next week on like first scorer bets when I'm watching the football and things that just don't <laughs> come in. And suddenly, suddenly I realise as I'm pumping another tenner into the account next weekend instead of actually withdrawing it. But um, speculate to accumulate and all that. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like, I feel like if I was going to bet, I, you know, you saw the state of my fucking WrestleMania bets. I feel like a Gronk bet was, would have been right up my street. I can't believe I missed it. Like, is it the, was I can't that believe the, you didn't. I know. I heard the commentary saying, though, like, he literally retired. That's why he was able to do the wrestling stuff. And he's just came back. And and he he's mm. getting, he's scoring touchdowns in a Super Bowl. Fuck me! I didn't know Gronk was like this this legend. I just didn't know. I didn't know what a Gronk was. He's, he's barely done fuck all this season as well. Like oh, he's wow. like you know the level of it. But then there you go. Shows up on the big occasion. Mm. WrestleMania Super Bowl is the is the man for the man for the big occasion. And yeah, as a, a do what he fucking likes if he's going to keep putting money in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> we but we weren't happy about the result though. Well, I mean, I, again, effectively, I can't like kind of. I get why people dislike Tom Brady. Mm. I kind of do. A cheat. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's what is that in terms of the deflated balls thing? Yeah, that's what she said. But like, yeah, that's yeah, that's um, like I, I couldn't well, necessarily say like. Um, well, it is yeah, <laughs> but he seems like. I mean, he's fucking good at being a quarterback, though. I don't think that's pretty much in doubt. <laughs> like, greatest athlete ever. I'm like, this is very fucking specific here. Mm. Like, I can't go along with that. Like, it's, it's my, fucking, it is fucking good at being a quarterback. It's quite an accurate statement there. Like, that's, that's what he is. <laughs> is he the John Cena of football? That's what I want to know. Is that what he is? Is he the John Cena of football? Is he the closest equivalent? Nah, is oh, is more than a, higher than a Cena. If we're oh, okay. going to be uh, getting into grapple player cards right again, is, uh, is he the Hogan of football? 
Uh, is the uh, yeah is the, is it all merged together? I think at this stage, he's he's now won more Super Bowls than any franchise, hasn't he? Like no, like he's won more than any club ever, like so or any team ever. So it's pretty uh, pretty pretty awesome. As much as I hate mm. the bloke, he can't uh, can't deny his quality. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the Glazers own the ta- own the Buccaneers as well, don't they? Fuck. So does that mean that money's going to get pumped into Man U as well? I fucking hope not. <laughs> or is Man U's debts kind of paying for Brady and Gronk, mm. basically? Is that what they're doing? Probably. Yeah. It just seemed like a bit of a like kind of a, a, a kind of washout. I mean, I fell asleep quite early on, realising I wasn't be able to stay awake for it. Mm. But then when I woke up in the morning, I was kind of expecting to kind of dive into the highlights here and it'd be about a great game. And it was like, yeah, 31-9, you know, Kansas City, you know, just never really in the game. Did you stay up for the whole duration, Gareth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always, always do. It was a, I, I loved it. It was just good because I, I thoroughly expected the Chiefs to win and I like really wanted them to. But I, for me, it was just the way Tampa Bay just like the way they just shut down the homes and just totally like restricted his passing and he just like mm. he, you know the God they could barely get a first down. It was just. I couldn't believe Brady got the MVP. I just thought defensively they were just so awesome in the way they shut the Chiefs down. I've never seen the Chiefs like held back like that in 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 ages, and you know, especially Mahomes. Mm. Like where you sat there watching it, you thought, "Oh, he's he's got something in the you know he's got something in his back pocket here." You know, he's that kind of like the king of the comeback sort of thing. So you're just waiting for it to waiting for it to happen. But I uh, know the way they the way they closed closed him down. It was uh, it was. Uh, awesome stuff and I just appreciate that like the defensive side of it was was great but where I fell into the trap of it though was as well is that I was I was playing a pretty intense game of football manager at the same time while I was watching it and then um, um, I was about like six games left from the end of the season just as we got to like the the Super Bowl full time so there's no way I could go to bed on like six games left of the season as well. So rather, so stupidly, I ended up sitting up till about half past fucking four, finishing finishing a season where I uh, lost the <laughs> lost the league to Juventus by a point, and then went to bed with my tail between my legs at half past four in the morning. And then that seven a.m. alarm wasn't the most uh, <laughs> wasn't the uh, most joyous this morning. So feeling that. Jesus, but at least you didn't have to travel anywhere. That's kind of the main thing here, isn't it? I don't know what's happened to Benno here. He appears to have disappeared off the map during during the, the live recording. Hopefully he's, it's, his internet hasn't gone down, which it more than likely has, hasn't it? Um, but it feel, it, it, it's it's a funny one, isn't it? Because, like, I've tried, I want to get back into Football Manager, right? And I wanted to do it on Twitch, which is basically, I want to test my theory out of managing the Republic of Ireland from now, about getting them to a World Cup, obviously without cheating, which is tough with the Republic of Ireland. Cause you think, well, I deserve two goes against Brazil in that semi. Come on. Uh, <laughs> Tony Cascarino. Well, uh, he wasn't even Irish. Exactly. In the end. He was fucking <laughs> shocking. He really was. But I want to, I feel like I need to test out that theory for it. Like, especially with um, possibly putting Queven Kelleher in goal now, which I wish you'd fucking played yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Brought it, mate, what happened? What the fuck happened yesterday? That was funny for that half and for that half and for what like ten minutes when Liverpool went into complete fucking freefall. Yeah, it was great. Sat there in our living room with like uh, three blues surrounded me as Alison just decided that he was going uh, <laughs> to the pass to the opposition. Like it was bad enough that the misses and my lads were in the room, but uh, his brother came round as well, who just like gives it even worse. So that was just uh, that was a lot of fun, but. 
as I uh, as I as I say, you can't, <laughs> you can't win every game, can you? We've had a, we've had a pretty uh, pretty good two years there where you could uh, you could pretty much watch any any game and you'd be like, yeah, yeah, we're going to win, and it'd be a surprise if we didn't, kind of thing. So it's uh, got to take it on the chin, haven't you? You know, you can't uh, can't can't keep can't can't keep winning, as you well know, JP. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, what was interesting this time, if it wasn't for us recording the Halloween Havoc show, I'd have been in the filthiest fucking mood after that Villa game. Like, one minute in as well. Oh, I was just disgusted by it. But, but yeah, um, it's it's one of these things where I was just... Hello, Benno. You all right? You're I'm back, back, mate. We'll, <laughs> I was going to we'll, sleep we'll, in quiet we'll, silently there, but we'll fix that in post. <laughs> I, I was filibustering, mate. I openly said that, like, I wondered, was it your internet that had gone down? No, PC crashed again. This has never happened before, and it obviously would the first time we go mm. live. I'll figure it out, everyone. Don't worry. So go yeah, on, wait, don't so use on. Microsoft Teams, which is my <laughs> fucking problem. That's the bane of my fucking life, that thing. But, yeah, we were talking about the football mm. and uh, and about Allison mm. at, the, at the weekend. He's been and, going uh, off a pint with Pickford, I reckon. That's what it is. He's been getting tips from his mate across the park. That's what he looked like. Pickford wouldn't have done that. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I've seen Pickford did... do some clangers. <laughs> was Pickford on the piss then? Is that has that been a story? No, I'm just saying he's. It was very Pickford-like um, what he was doing. Oh right, sorry. I thought. Oh, this is. A, I love this kind of little bit of Liverpool gossip occasionally what? that you. That does happen. That is a thing. On. Like when, because like, when, uh, when new managers come in, like it's a long-standing tradition, isn't it? That like the, you know, say the. Say Everton got a new manager, the existing Liverpool manager takes the Everton manager out for a pint. But I remember, like, um, I think it happened with uh, when David Moyes came in. Who would have been the Liverpool manager when David Moyes came in? Was it would have been Julio? Sounds right, yeah, doesn't it? it? Would have been. It? I think it was yeah, Julio. Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah def- definitely. We'd just done that cup treble when it, when Moyes come. Yeah. Well, Julio did it for Moyes, and then when uh, when you signed Rafa. Moise made the offer to Rafa, and Rafa was like, no, fuck off, <laughs> and just said no, <laughs> which is very Rafa, to be fair. Yeah, I kind of respect him. Man, that's yeah. harsh. Would you want to go for a pint with David Moyes? You know Does what, I would seem like the sort of fellow you'd want to go for a pint with. Hey, he's well, he looked like Darth. Ham, yeah, while well, dressing up as the Emperor Palpatine at the fucking weekend, <laughs> wasn't he? He was like an incredible picture of him, really, wasn't it? Uh, I'm, I'm um, he has like, turned it around and they're better than us I've top London he- club I've gone heavy on the West Ham in, uh, in my fancy leagues Suchek, Antonio even benched, uh, benched Foden uh, to play Suchek who then got zero points because he got sent off for the world's most ridiculous L- it looked it looked worse than the fucking Judas effect like there was no there, there was like a foot between the actual contact and the uh, at least he got a suspension uh, rescinded but fuck me that was bad as long as he keeps them minus points, that's all I care about. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, we're at that point, aren't we? Yeah, it it's was, bad. It was ridiculous, though, wasn't it? It was like, it, like you're watching it, and so the ref was stood right in front of it anyway, looking mm. at it. And then VAR replayed it, like, not even in an exaggeration, like 10 times. Mm. And then he watched it another 10 times, like on the telly on the side. And you're like, mm. well, if something needs to be watched 20 fucking times, it's not a fucking red card, then is it? Mm. You know, if it, if it takes you 20 attempts, like mm. it's not clear, is it? Kind of thing. But it was ridiculous. But I was still dancing when he was sent off, knowing full well that I didn't have Suchek in my team. And uh, plenty of people around me did. So. Uh. Take those match points. But then it came back to bite me on my ass the next day because, uh, as you said in the group chat, um, <laughs> somebody check on Gareth if he's okay because fucking Rudiger. 
<laughs> so you spent your one transfer, brought him in, and then what he does, God, I don't know, he bear-tranded you. Um, yeah, bad. It's a bit of a dub- double game week coming up next week as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so everyone in the Grapple League, get your, get your teams ready. City have got a double, Everton have got a double. There's another double coming the week after, and maybe even more doubles coming the week after that. Exciting times. I enjoy I, I enjoy that little bit of period in, uh, in fantasy football when we get to this uh, heavy part of the season. It's worse than ever right now because the, the games are just... Um, there's so many games that need rescheduling because and they all need to get in and there's going to be there might even be teams with triple game weeks it's going to get crazy but uh, yeah I was just looking at the grapple league right now uh, Jordan Steins is uh, is top and he's still pipping uh, Rob Reed to the top Dave Barker Joe Mills who's in the chat is uh, is down to fourth but he's there or there about Neil Flanagan another one of our, our patrons mm-hmm. is up there and Jamesy is seventh as well um, he's, uh, he's well in the been mix. up there for a while That's mm-hmm. that's been like the regular leaderboard for the last like kind of couple of months it feels like consistent um yeah it's been very consistent on that i know i overtook gareth this week but i'm guessing you'll tell me that bamford scored a couple for him tonight or something <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. T- 10 points off uh, meslier played him instead of edison that was oh. a uh, that was a that, that was a handy choice there and then yeah played uh played bamford so it's all right you're above me for a day jp oh, yeah. how, did, how did bamford get on how many did he score did he score tonight I'm just looking at this live FPL. It says he's got six points, so he must have scored. Yeah, yeah. Here you go. I'll take that. Uh, Joe Mills says his bench is a sickener this week. Me too, mate. Bench Foden. What was I thinking? Um, yeah, Mark Butchers is uh, is bottom of the league still. Uh, he, Sorry, he's not I'm, just well. at, I'm just looking at Joe's. I'm just looking at Joe's bench. Mm. Twelve Calvert Lewin on his bench. Thirteen Gundogan on his bench. Nine Justin on his bench. Oh my oh. god. <laughs> that hurts. See, it was bench boost week, and he didn't know it. All <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, But anyway, yeah, uh, obviously. But oh, go on, JP. I've got say? nothing to add, mate, other than, like, I'm really enjoying the fantasy league stuff <laughs> at the minute. It just, like, I, they can't cancel football at the minute. It's like mm. I'm hanging on by a very fucking thin thread. And, yeah. like, that and live test match makes me think, yeah, I can get through this lockdown part three. Something to get us through the week, Whenever it? it ends. Fancy football, actual oh, football, yeah. wrestling and podcasting. We'll all survive together. We'll all get yeah. it through together. Um, and yeah, as Chris Elliott said, at least he wasn't the, uh, the one person who benched, who triple captain Bednarik last midweek. Yeah. If you're doing that, you, you know, you know you've know, you set yourself up for failure anyway. Um, unless you're a, a big Southampton fan. Uh, maybe it was Joe. Who knows? Um, anyway, we should uh, get into the uh, the wrestling stuff. Uh, hopefully, uh, my computer uh, keeps running uh, <laughs> for the rest of this stuff. We've uh, we've uh, we've got to get into it at some point. But yeah, let's talk it. Uh, the big story, as as you talked about it in your news update, JP, and as we've been dying to speak about uh, since it happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I think everyone's sick of the uh, the phrase "the forbidden door," but you know, there is a uh, there is something to that. The forbidden door, as uh, if not been broken down it's been uh it's been unlocked a little bit i suppose is the uh is the way to put it um kenta obviously appeared on aw uh last week uh i think you know i i was on steph's live stream on wednesday right before dynamite and we were talking we were previewing dynamite and somebody in the chat was like oh uh yeah do you think kenta might show up on uh, on aw he's been he's been teasing it on his twitter and i was just like no like i i'd love it but like, I feel like that's just fantasy booking, to be honest. As if Kent is gonna gonna turn up on AEW, and then yeah, two hours later, I was proven to be a fucking idiot because he did turn up on AEW. Um, yeah, it was you know, great to see. Uh, I personally don't know how much 
I think I think that the, the door is ajar and that there is a possibility mm. of of more stuff down the line. It feels to me, you know, from reading the Observer on Friday and from kind of you know thing a couple of things Rocky Romero has said in, in interviews and the like. I think it's purely right now about Kent and Moxley. Uh, it's about that. Mm-hmm. It's pure circumstances. It's the fact that Moxley can't go to Japan. It's the fact that Kent, you know, lives uh, in the Florida area, or at least you know, is is there mm-hmm. is there a lot? It's the fact that they want to get the US belt off Moxley. It kind of was the only real solution. And if if AEW are going to let New Japan use Moxley on a US show, then you know AEW got something in return, which is Kent on the show and. He's going to be on the show next week as well in a in a tag match team with Kenny Omega too. So yeah, uh, crazy times uh, again. I feel like this is maybe a a one and not a one and done, but that's all it's about right now. But you can't help but speculate, can you? And think there's there's going to be if this is the start of it, there's going to be more. Yeah, it it, it feels like this is just like a test. Mm. See how this goes. See how the relationship goes. Mm. See how they feel that they they use Kenta and whether or not it's to their advantage. Um, But you start small in this way, don't you? You kind of like kind of basically seeing how it works as a working relationship, how amenable AEW are. Mm -hmm. But, and that makes sense. However, I mean, it's in both of their interests Mm -hmm. in order to try and create something. Because, I mean, as one of the kind of announcements is, is that, New Japan are still looking to get that that US presence, and I think this is obviously something that helps with the Roku channel deal. There is, it's hard not to look ahead at what a potential end game is, mm. but you're talking big shows that would draw big crowds, and if they're able to do stuff towards the end of the year and possibly do it in um, even in kind of stadium type settings, I mean, if you're able, like the potential is there for so much kind of big stories and big angles. And you're going to, you're going to have um, Gallows and Anderson going across there anyway. I know it's bullet club, which isn't the thing that kind of, I get remotely excited by, and they've been using that phrase without any kind of legal um, comeback or anything else like that. But, uh, you know, it, it feels, if it, it just feels like it's starting small, it's where it, they both have to realise that obviously in terms of kind of live gate revenue and stuff like that, that's been down and it's going to need like kind of what might be an artificial kind of boost. This is the best way of doing it. Um, and it's it's interesting at this stage, like some of the, the like New Japan trying to get more into that US market. I'll be interested to see how much that strong show does because I mean, again, it's, it's kind of very nondescript show at the best of times, but they really like, I think new Japan need the boost of this, but they're kind of stubborn and will never admit this. Aren't they? It's that type of a relationship, but this works out for everyone. It's what all of us have wanted. It's when we saw the impact stuff, it was like, really, this should be new Japan because that's the kind of level that you want to be kind of really going with. It's exciting at a time after years where a lot of this stuff hasn't been done. And you're just hoping it's it's the adults in the room who are kind of deciding that this is a good thing to do and realizing that it's about business and it's not about, well, I you did this to me in huge points. Like get the fuck over yourselves, like and act like fucking businessmen. Yeah. And be be serious about this. This is something that's really good. It would completely make them different and unique to anything that WWE can offer because WWE can't offer that. And you're hoping someone 
who has been reading the Wrestling Observer for all of these years might have picked up going, do you know what? A kind of big interpromotional kind of supercard might do some really good business at some point. And wouldn't it be handy if you had a big stadium that you could show it, have it in that you already own? And maybe have some smaller shows at the weekend involving Impact and NWA and, I don't know, a 5,000-seat arena that I also own. So, like, if you're thinking about, like, kind of what the end game kind of should be, certainly from an AEW perspective, that's kind of where you want to – that's what you want to do. And then for New Japan, you've got, obviously, the potential of getting in a, in a Kenny and everything else. And I know I've already gone into fantasy booking this stuff. So even before you get to those points, just deal with this angle well which I will say the GTS was shit. Oh. <laughs> it was sold shit. And it's like, I, I just hope that this weekend, I just hope this match that comes up on Wednesday is just good. I just hope it's good. And I hope it's intriguing enough. Um, yeah. That's kind of where I am with it. I mean, this is something clearly to get massively excited by if it becomes like a kind of full blown thing. And it's in everyone's interests for it to become a full-blown thing. Yeah, I mean, I think I just see it as something that's quite opportunist. Like, you know, there's a mm. lot of stars aligned sort of thing that's that's made this something that's even on the table in the first place. I think for me, the most important thing is that while I don't think that there's like massive grand plans around it or anything at this, at this stage, and it is very much kind of isolated on, you know, getting getting them two working together and uh, getting that getting that match to take place. Just the mere fact that these conversations have taken place as opposed to not taking place is just that step in the right direction because, you know, by all accounts, it did seem like, you know, the, the idea of getting them to even, you know, be, speak, be in the same room, you know, thinking about ideas and things like that. It just wasn't something that was on the table. So even the idea that they've, they've gone to this level and, and, and done that even for this relatively small element is just that nudge in the in, in in the right direction and you know you look at things and obviously like that roku deal been announced and you know if you knew japan and if you're serious businessmen and you're looking at things and you're looking at metrics and you're looking at numbers you know based on you know how roku performs then and how many people you know were totally like oblivious to the fact that this channel even existed and things like that then if one month in, two months in, you maybe you know you're not getting the numbers you'd maybe hope that you'd achieve, or things like that. They'd be looking at it and saying, "Oh well, did you see the bump that you know Impact got, or did you see the bump that Impacts on Twitch got, and things? You know, the percentage increase that we're seeing with Kenny there. Then, as a business person, you'd be looking at it and you'd be going, like, oh, actually, you know, this is this is in our interests here, and, and it doesn't have to be some whole scale. You know, whole scale. I think people get excited and start to think about you know huge interpromotional wars and things like mm. that but it doesn't even necessarily need to be that it can be just there is one guy and he's challenging for this title and there's just that element of crossover there where it flows between both shows and even that's something that would be you know positive and and you know get excited about it doesn't need to be invasion angle version 2.0 kind of thing yeah. you know let's see you know and even them super shows i'm always a bit kind of like oh i don't know if i like the idea of these super shows because I don't know, <laughs> politically, this guy can't lose to this guy and things like that. But, I mean, if you think about it, if in the stadium there, it's, you know, it's not unrealistic that you could put a show on where, 
you know, there's an AW title match with two AW guys. There's a there's a IWGP title match with you know two guys from New Japan. There's a Impact, you know, and, and, it, and it could almost be within the promotions as well. It doesn't necessarily need to to be cross promotion, but it still creates this massive fucking wrestling event that people would be interested mm. in going and, and watching. And then you can build stuff around that as well, really. So you know, I think the opportunities don't just lie in this idea of they have to work together in this storylines have to be interwoven and things actually it can kind of still exist as separate entities with this idea of them bleeding into each other to boost ratings or to you know sell more tickets or to put a big pay-per-view on or something like that as well so it's it's all all, all pretty exciting stuff on mute it's going to be like those individual moments like when Jericho came out like that when he came out with the the AW belt you know, and that was like a a big moment uh, at Wrestle Kingdom that that that, that even happened. Um, that we got to, you know, I think it's going to be more stuff like that, like little baby steps. It's going to be, you know, AEW acknowledging more readily John Moxley's. Yeah, he is the New Japan US Champion. Oh yeah, you know Jericho was in New Japan this weekend, and we've had bit elements of that, but I think it's going to be more at the forefront um, and more on both sides. It's like kind of things, you know cool off a little bit and the relationship kind of we're in the early stages i think of a relationship here i think that's what it is um you know it's 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 friends with benefits you know at this point um and we'll see where it goes from there um yeah it's like for me i've I've got i've got all the hopes in the world for all that all that dream match stuff but yeah i think i'm with you gareth Mm. i think we always should cool our jets you know it's like chris in the chat saying you know on the on bte if that's to be believed you know the the young bucks are saying the door is closed i suppose they would say that but you know i put a bit of stock in the things rocky romero has been saying the last week or so where he he went as far to say you know the <laughs> i know they're his best mates so i wonder but he was saying like you know kenny and uh, gallows and anderson even just down to them wearing the bullet club merch on impact like that was something that took New Japan by surprise. And at first, they weren't happy about it. Um, obviously, you know, I'm sure it sold a few more t-shirts. That fucking knockoff Halloween Bullet Club t-shirt that uh, that Kenny wore. Maybe uh, maybe sales went up for that. Uh, maybe that changed some hearts and minds. But yeah, I think that's that's the that's we're still at that early stage. I think is is exactly what it is. Um, oh. uh, but you know, I would say it's progressing. You know, they they clearly, as Meltzer reports in the Observer on Friday, they recorded this this Kenta Moxley match in December. I find that really interesting. Um, that was done mm. in December, and where it didn't get out, you know, none of us knew. Seems like uh, the stuff with Kenta actually appearing in AEW to promote the match and doing the tag match in return, that seems like a, a more recent development and, you know, a, a further of the relationship. And, yeah, I think we're just going to get these little baby steps as uh, as we go on. And, yeah, uh, Steve J in the chat asking if uh, Craven Cottage could be the venue for maybe a big AEW New Japan Super Show. Maybe one day uh, we get there. Yeah. But I, think we're, I do personally think we're a, a couple of years from that, you know, pandemic or oh. Absolutely, we're in the middle. Craven Cottage, there they can fly both ways. And <laughs> That's the show true. Here. That'd be great. Neutral place, you know. <laughs> great little grant. They've spent a lot of money doing it up. You want to recoup it some way? <laughs> I've never I been. I mean, really, been? they need to go big and get Brock Lesnar. It's it's a nice grant. You can only you can only enter from one side. Mm. Um, and so you go through the kind of like barriers, and then you kind of you just like kind of follow it around, but it's really small and compact. Mm. Um, I was there, obviously they're, they're doing it up at the minute to kind of, make, and it sits on the river Thames. Mm. It sits like completely on it as well. Mm. So you keep imagining it would flood and whatnot, but it's like a very kind of 
posh, nice part of the world, really. I mean, I, I just wanted to clarify that the that whole kind of super show stuff, that's like a kind of end game you're trying to get to in a couple of years' time mm. in an ideal world for all of this. It has to start small because that's how you gain the trust, mm. isn't it? How do you use their workers? Do they feel like, yeah, this is a good company to work for. Mm. They seem all right. They use me in a particularly beneficial way. It's not... And in fairness to New Japan, like they've been scarred many times for this, primarily through TNA, like kind of, of using the people. And Ring of it, yeah. For the people they send over, like you think of Evil when he was over as a complete non-event. Obviously, the Okada stuff has been kind of said. You've got Kevin Nash beating Naito and Yujiro in like by himself in a two-on-one. Right. Tanahashi lo- losing to AJ Styles, and you think, oh yeah, this could be a great match going in, and. Shannon Moore interferes to, to, to kind of call that. And he wasn't even under fucking contract at the time, which just kind of tells you about how tier. So like they're naturally kind of burnt off, I think by kind of like American territories and American booking primarily. And I think they always realize that they're very much the senior partner in the ring of honor relationship, which they wouldn't be here, even though they have the history and everything else. There's, I think the Roku stuff is, possibly to kind of it's interesting to see that because i mean like the metrics for impact have kind of obviously they were incredibly high for when kenny first came in and then they have gone down however they're at a higher level as in like they're kind of charting in the top 150 which is something that they weren't doing for the longest time and you know so there has been a kind of noticeable effect on that front so i think you know there is they will have seen that like Gareth said, you know, they're going to hopefully get this this bump from using AEW in some ways, whether it's it's just for Roku, whether it's it's just trying to kind of promote, use it for promotional tool for that at first and just keep the whole thing kind of really step, I mean, state sides. For me, though, like that Roku story is such a non-story. Like, you know, I, I just think, I, I think, I think that's, they might as well not have a presence in America and England. That's my take on that. They don't have a presence right now. Roku doesn't count. <laughs> I feel like this, the reason you go with an AW if you knew Japan is to get a better deal than that because oh yeah, that is, they might as well not be in the countries. I mean, oh yeah, if you've got a Roku, you can go and watch it. Or if you install the Roku app, yeah, okay, cool. Like, Who's going to do that to watch a one-hour New Japan product that's a year out of date? Like, they were building based on their US presence, and that presence isn't there right now. Sorry, Gareth. This this is one of them things where, like, I sometimes think because we're so deep in the hardcore wrestling bubble, though, like, sometimes, I don't know, there's things where, like, I'll go on, like, Facebook groups and things and sign up to stuff on on there to promote the app. Mm. And then I'll like see people, you know, like New Japan groups and things and people in there like talking about it. And they don't subscribe to New Japan World and they've got no idea and they're intrigued and they're asking questions about like, how do I sign up and what should I do and things. And, and like these are groups where there's literally like, you know, tens of thousands of people in there that have got some level of interest in New Japan that, um, you know, they're, they're, they're in this group, but they're not necessarily, you know, they're not signing up to new japan world or things like that so you know it's one of them where it seems ridiculous probably to us where you are just watching the vast majority of new japan content under the sun and you've been signed up to like new japan world for years and years and things like that but i don't know potentially they're in the fringes there are 
people who are on that borderline if they're made aware that you know you can watch new japan and it is there on some you know free app or free something that's on their tv screen or something like that then you know who knows you know so Mm. you know while it seems ridiculous to to me or to us kind of thing i think you know potentially there there is a there is an audience There, there must be some you know there must have been some business case around it to 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 try and attract those those people but i mean i didn't even know i think it was like ben corrigan on twitter was saying it's on your sky you know, like if you go on apps on sky and then oh, you can find the roku, roku channel on there i had no idea and then found it on there searched the word wrestling and nothing came up so i was a bit like <laughs> Well, Joe Mills is saying, <laughs> is saying you can get Ultimate Force, Renegade, and Gordon Ramsay shows on Roku Channel. So I don't know. Maybe oh, actually I'm doing I'm this now. It's uh, <laughs> right up our streets, actually. Oh, well. can, we get, can we get on there? Can we get the podcast on there? We're doing video. <laughs> oh, Ultimate Force is the um, – that's the that's – the, um, Grant Mitchell, Ross Kemp series, isn't it? Mm. With him with guns, no? Yeah. And, and I'm just – sorry. I'm just looking at Renegade there, and that's uh, – that's uh, me and Knock Grapple Call there. I want to do our Renegade podcast at some point? So there you go. That could be the entry point into this. Get a get a Rocco stick call. Ultimate is, Force is a British it, television show that was shown on ITV, which deals with the activities of the Red Troop of the SAS. And there's a big picture of uh, of yeah, Grant Mitchell starting to centre stage. I've never seen it. I feel like I should see it. 2002, though. Wow. I can vaguely remember it being on ITV nine o'clock. That that's kind of feels exactly where where that fits in. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I would say, I mean, as with all of these things, it's it's presence, isn't it? And yeah, they, they'll want a better deal. And, and and I'm not sure if this deal's paying or if it's just sort of based on kind of a split on the advertising revenue, which I can't imagine is going to be a whole lot. Mm-hmm. I know that if you're looking at the Roku story and a kind of bigger picture thing, there's a lot about like Roku have made a massive investment buying up this. I, th- I want to say it's called Quilby. But then that's also, I think, the name of the mayor from The Simpsons. So it could be massively wrong. It could be like Quibbly. Um, <laughs> but Dave, there's a, there's a, is it Quimby? Yeah. I love him. He's such a fucking shifty bastard. He's great. <laughs> Bastards. <laughs> if anybody, if, oh, it's that one line he uses. If anybody asks, you're my niece from out of town. And then she goes, but I am your niece. And he's just like, <laughs> my, my God, what have I become? And you're thinking that is fucking dark like as a joke to try and get away with anyway anyway. i I digressed yeah um one of the one of the things about is is like there's a lot of kind of quite prestige stuff on there as well and and roku are trying to play catch up in this ever kind of bigger streaming wars where there's like this enormous battle for kind of really behind kind of netflix and i suppose like kind of disney plus at the moment Mm. where you've got things like roku that that's in there you've got things like peacock which are in there as well um and various other kind of like streaming services that are all kind of battling with each other and all they want is content mm-hmm. content just to pick up a niche of a few possibly a hundred thousand people two hundred thousand people and they'll view it as absolutely worth it to add on to their portfolios like look you get all of this stuff as part of this package and then they'll work out deals with kind of secondary carriers whether it's like a sky or whatever to be able to to kind of promote it it's just that over here, like, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but Roku's always felt like something that means so much more in the States than it ever will do here. Mm. It just doesn't seem to have any kind of, like, kind of power. And I, I mean, like I say, I saw this thing about Sky. And so, like, unless I ask my brother to get the app and somehow I can access it on my phone, it means I'm going to miss out on it. But then ultimately, what is that show going to be? Is it is it going to be 
like a kind of like the weekly pro wrestling ones. Yeah, but a year, the starting a year behind, that's kind of the thing. Because mm. I don't disagree you know, from your point of view, Garrett. There's nothing, I don't think there's anything wrong with having like a, a show that's a good entry poop for, for casual viewers. But again, it's got to be in a shop window somewhere. And I don't, it doesn't feel like Roku's that shop window. And then also, yeah, like I say, it is the full, it's literally starting a full year behind. Um, hopefully they catch up eventually. I'll be honest, you know, when they first started mm. that, when they first started doing the one, was it Moro was the original commentator with it, with Josh Barnett? I was, Get on access. I was watching those shows as like just a, it was like a fun thing to be like, oh yeah, there's Moro and Al calling wrestling. Lord knows a few years later, I, I did not have that attitude. Um, and there was also, you know, an interest in seeing Jim Ross, you know, cover Call of New Japan. And again, slowly realized that was also a bad idea. But yeah, I think I think there's an argument for a show, but I don't know. I think if you, if you want to push people to, to get into your product properly, it probably needs to be a bit more up to date. And for me, yeah, it needs to be on a, on a, you know, a platform somewhere where people will actually see it—that's um, kind of the issue for me. But yeah, I think I, the, all these pieces can fit together, and yeah, I think I think if if mm. you are New Japan, like I say, they built their success, and it was a big part of Harold Major's plan, wasn't it, to 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 push for for Western audiences to come in, and they had some success. You know, they were to be fair to them on the verge of they probably would have come back to the UK and done another another successful show. You know, their, their ideas for America have kind of been reduced to this New Japan USA TV show that JP tells us every week is good, but I don't believe him. Um, <laughs> I tell you most weeks, it is three stars at best. <laughs> the at Grapple app has something to say about those three-star ratings. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I just think, I mean, to, to the point of the AW and New Japan relationship, I think a big question you hear people say is, you know, what's in it for both sides? And I think it's obvious what's in it for both sides. It's, you know, the impact thing with AEW. We all looked at that and was like, I don't get it. Why is Tony Khan lower himself to working with impact? You know what? It created the buzz. It, 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 it kind of like the rising tide lifts all ships kind of attitude that, that he seems to have. It worked. It created a bit of buzz for, for AEW. It created a bit of excitement. Impact got some little... They got some scraps from AW, really. They got Kenny on the show, but in a six-man. You know, I don't think they're going to get much more than that, but they're getting, you know, more eyes on them than normal. Um, and I think that that seems, the AW attitude seems to be that. And, you know, a little bit of a buzz from this this Kenta thing. It's been the biggest news story of the week, and it will, you know, Tanahashi or Okada turn up on AW. Same thing happens again. You know, if you're AW as well, you know, you want to... Another news story that you know that happened last week: Cesaro looks like he's re-signed with WWE. You want to get someone like a Cesaro or someone similar, and you can be like, "Oh yeah, you can come work for us." Also, we got this relationship with New Japan. You can go, you know, go uh, go live out your dreams and do a G one if, if if that's what you're in, into. There's a million ways why I think this makes sense from an AEW point of view, and yeah, from a New Japan traditionalist point of view, you know, a, a WH Park probably tearing his hair out at the idea of Kenny in the books and and those lads returning to Japan. But there is a value to that, um, you know, from mm. as far as Western audiences paying attention to New Japan in a period where, let's be honest, you know, I feel like the Western attention to, to New Japan has really nosedived over the last year or so. I can tell you from our numbers for the Wrestle Kingdom review this year um, that the, their interest is down uh, in New Japan. Uh, I think, you know, there's, I don't think it's, uh, it's, it's, it's unfair to say there's plenty of positives for both sides. Yeah, and it's it's it, it's one of them. Like you know, logically you look at so many elements to it, and it's a it's a no brainer, isn't it, from a buzz point of view and from a you know a business point of view and what they can what they can can make off the off the back of it. It just you know I suppose it just 
you know it's going to just depend how much they do want to work together work together but mm. also at certain points and who knows what the fuck's gonna the world's gonna look like in three months six months 12 months whatever like how much they need to work with each other as well because you know obviously they've needed to work together at this point now mm. if they need if there's depending on a yeah. level of interest and things like that if they mm. need to work to each other and there's a bit of pressure there because working together is going to put a bit more money in or is going to boost ratings for a certain thing or something like that then suddenly those barriers just dwindle a bit way a bit you know like money talks and all, all that side of thing and then if you know mm. if if they are put in that situation then then like you say at least the, the conversations have started now and they've you know they've, they've they've been in the same same room at this lower level, so there's there's more scope for it to to go beyond that. Definitely, yeah. I think uh, something to keep an eye on. I think in the TV going forward as well, it's going to be this Bullet Club stuff. You know, you've got uh, you've got Tamatonga talking mm. shit on social media about Kenny and the books and stuff. But on the same same token, you got Jay White. You know, uh, I think he did a tweet hashtag Brother Switchblade, which was uh, which was Kenny's line when he was uh, talking to Kenta backstage. If they if they lean into that stuff, uh, I think I'm going to believe there's more coming. You know, if they lean into the whole, you know, you're not the real Bullet Club stuff with with Kenta and Ke- and uh, and Kenny team in this week. Yeah, you know, uh, again, that's that's another like little slight push of the door. Um, yeah, I've definitely I think it's going to be uh, interesting to see exactly uh, how much they lean into all that stuff. It just gives everything creatively a shot in the arm, mm. potentially. That's and if nothing else, I think after after twenty twenty and the kind of year where so much so much creativity in wrestling has either been kind of non-existent or gone rapidly downhill, mm. it just opens things up and possibilities. And if you if you're a booker with a bit of ingenuity, and like you've just said there before, I mean. The potential of what you can offer a wrestler of basically saying, okay, if, you, if you're if you not with WWE, you can kind of work anywhere. Like the doors are open to work in a lot of places. And if you can do that, you think, Christ, you know, I can make myself a kind of tidy living if I wanted to do, I don't know, AAA mm. for whatever reason, then, then you can do that. If you're like kind of FTR and you're thinking to yourself, I want to do New Japan, which I had to imagine was something that they were really wanting to do with all of this anyway, that they seem to be that their deal with AEW would never kind of be exclusive and they'd want to do that. And it's, you know, you're just opening up those kind of potential, aren't you? But again, it's really hard for me not to get carried away with fucking fantasy booking. Oh yeah, we're all there. We're all so there mentally. If, if, if Tanahashi doesn't turn up on Wednesday, then fuck it. I'm not bothering with this angle anymore. <laughs> it's a little bit of a waste of time. Um, I mean, yeah. talking about Wednesday, I mean, we should, you know, uh, talk about dynamite as a whole you know don't want to get lost mm. actually in the conversation we had that we had that great angle afterwards and yeah you mentioned jp the uh the go to sleep didn't look great uh i'll be honest i've been hit with a better go to sleep uh, a girl i know once uh once gave me a go to sleep in the crazy house on the first floor um gave me a black eye uh yeah uh that was uh that was something i had to explain to work i, I, I don't know if i've told you this before i, I literally went to work and at at my boss was like, "Oh, how'd you get that black eye?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, I was, I was, I was playing squash at the weekend, and like, yeah, the ball hit me in, in the eye. That's, that's, that, that's what happened. It was either squash or badminton. That was my dumb excuse. I should have just said a girl gave me a go to sleep in the crazy house um, and gave me a black eye. Um, and they're probably saying you need to keep away from those fucking kinky sex clubs, but that's what's going platonic on. Platonic friends. Um, but yeah, that that move as a shoot." Fucking hurt, so I understand why uh, 
why Moxley was uh, was scared to take uh, the full brunt of it on his head. But uh, talking about the match itself, I mean, I, I really want to mention just you know one. It was a very it was a fun match. It was a fun six man. The most fun probable Luke Gallows match that's that's happened in about ten years. Um, mainly because there were five other fellas in the match to do the work for him, but. This was the fucking Phoenix show, if any match was I've ever seen before. Like, I was sad because it felt like that was what the discussion was, like, during the match when I was following it along on Twitter. People talking about, oh, God, Ray Phoenix could be a top level star for AW. And a lot of people going, imagine this wrestler work for WWE. Like, how quickly would he be in, like, the Lucha Dragons or whatever the fuck those stables are called or pushing a fucking lawnmower or something like that. Like, he would be so terrible there. And it, I'm not saying AW have entirely got him right either. I feel like this match. Just get them away from Pentagon. Get the two of them away from each other. I feel like they're their own worst enemy when they're together. Like, I feel like they, they turn into this shindy tag team when Pentagon is a much better character than he lets on when he's teaming with Phoenix. You know, I, I always go on about the Lucha Underground presentation of him, but again, they got him right in a way nobody else mm. ever did. And Phoenix can be a top-level babyface on his own as a singles act. Um, yeah, I thought this... We're getting flashes of main event phoenix so yeah i thought that was, he was incredible in the match and all in all it was a, a great bit of business yeah i mean i was watching the actual match itself i was just uh, it was just i wasn't expecting it to be that <laughs> i wasn't expecting it to be as good as it was uh, really and like uh, it was you know so largely just driven by phoenix as well mm-hmm. and you know how, how how well he was i think what's what's good about it is that he gets put put in these positions so he gets he, he gets put in matches with um people where he's going to get a lot of eyes on him on tv you know in a lot of instances as well whether it's been in tags or six six mans or or, or single stuff as well and I think Khan knows. Like I, I think Tony Khan knows, and, and I think the you know where the first run of AEW has been much more about you know leaning on some old faces and bleeding them into some new characters and things like that. Probably newer, more established characters with this audience to uh, get things. I think Phoenix is on that next tier, kind of coming through where he has got time on his side. You know, you're putting him in these situations so that where again this newer audience people who've not seen him on the indies before and and, and things like that are going to be blown away by him him. and you'll kind of almost just get this like organic growth uh, growth of phoenix you know rather than giving in too much too soon or or, or things like that you know it's fine here that he can come on and you can Mm. put on a cracking performance and like you're looking at thinking yeah he's going to eat the pin here isn't he and he did but it didn't hurt him because of the match Mm. itself was you know the performance he put in it 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 didn't Mm. sort of feel less for it it wasn't like he was buried or something like that you know if anything you know it was a classic example of a wrestling match somebody losing the match and coming out stronger at the, at the, at the, at the other end and you know again that's one of the things that aw have been quite quite good at you know like i say time's on his side here and, and i think it's just part of a longer term slower slower growth with him and you know he can come through and he can emerge into the mix a year down the line 18 months down the line and things we don't have to yeah. we don't have to um you don't have to hotshot everything like WWE would 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 do, or just you know dismiss somebody equally the other way as 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 they would do as well. So, yeah, it just left me feeling very positive about Phoenix and his his future in the company. Mm. Yeah, completely agree. Um, I felt very similarly. Were you thinking Ray Phoenix should be your big lucha kind of main event star, and it's going to take time, slightly kind of rehabbing, but. 
I think, as Gareth says, in order to make it kind of feel very organic and real, mm. that we're going to have a series of these. I, I wonder if the next stage of it is him having the next stage to put him in a real showcase match on a pay per view and a singles match. That would be like the kind of next thing. I mean, just sort of wondering who you could put him in there with. You'd naturally say someone like Pack would be like a kind of great person to put him in there with. Yeah, but it doesn't make sense. It's, a, we- it's st- a weird trio anyway. I, I was it's, surprised. It's a weird anyway. It. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you gave me, a, weirdly, like a Pentagon Jr. as a heel with Eddie Kingston managing him and Ray Phoenix, the kind of thing they were hinting at, I was like, oh, this is quite cool. I'm quite happy with this. And then they kind of took Pentagon Jr. out of it and put them in Death Triangle, which is just felt like it was kind of born out of necessity anyway. Mm. But um, I, this is this is this feels like, like he is the natural choice to kind of have the great work rate guy on your TV show, who's always spectacular, will come close, but you're going to gain that kind of real baby face sympathy heat. So when he does win some of the big ones and he maybe gets to that first world title match and then he loses that and then he's coming close again and again. And he's like, can speak English. He's only 30. Like, I mean, there's a lot of time on his side with this. He should be viewed as someone who, re- and we, have been banging the drum about this since the very start of the company. This is someone you want to be pushing as like, like a main eventer within sort of two or three years. And it kind of feels like they might be on for that kind of time frame Cause I could see the next year being the year where it's just him it's cementing himself in the upper mid card and like, and he works so well as a baby face I and mean, that entire style works so well as a baby face. And I'm glad that it's not, the kind of him playing heel with his brother stuff that I don't want, but like I say, it's just how you fit Pentagon into the mix. Um, yeah. But going on this match, I went through it three and a half on it. I thought this was a hell of a lot of fun. It was exactly what you want a TV main event to be, isn't it? That ended on a cliffhanger. And I mean, I don't know about you guys. I was pretty What's confused a cliffhanger, JP? by the ending. As- <clears throat> yeah. Um, <laughs> What is a cliffhanger? I feel like I should read out my tweet again about this. Um, it's episodic TV. You don't tell everyone what they're doing initially because it's not very interesting for the viewer. It's it's something that, that we all do subconsciously, which is working shit out in our heads. And are we interested in it? Yeah? <laughs> Fuck's sakes. Do you need it spoon-fed? I think that's what WWE does well, who's to the Vincels and the... Oh, well, if you're going to ask a load of fiendophiles that, they're not going to have a fucking clue, are they? I mean, like, you're never going to get that stuff. Yeah, them and the Vincels. Why isn't it spelled out to me? Um, you know, for, for those kind of reasons, like, mm. they, like, this is the sort of episodic TV you want. Yeah. This is the kind of stuff that you want to do. The ratings will, they'll have their ups and their downs and the rest of it, and they're still kind of experimenting. But what they are on is a is kind of a really rock solid creative run for like what are we going to say about six months? I mean, other than the Shack stuff, which feels like obviously that's completely born out of necessity for it. But on the whole, like I'm, it's it's a product that we speak about most weeks, mm-hmm. completely engaged by, and they're pushing a few new a few new stars up around that kind of top level. Yeah. yeah. Um, down with all of this and, and and just to sort of like like back that up almost like you saying there about that match quality like 
like the average on the app there, 174 ratings at the minute as I'm looking at this is like 3.95, which for a TV, may, mm-hmm. an, an American television show, main event is like yeah. got 3.95. And then you look at the other stuff this this year, like on that New Year's Smash show, that Omega Phoenix match has got an average of 4.43. So that's from TV. That Dax Howard Jungle Boy match from, was that last week, two weeks ago? Like that's on like a 3.93. Darby Allen, Brian Cage, 3.78. Like these are TV matches and, and they're starting to get this run of knocking out, you know, we're only, what, two months into the year. There's four matches there that are averaging out at like 3.2. Seven five or above, which for for TV, American TV wrestling, that's it's fucking incredible. It's stunning mm. that that's that level of match quality <laughs> going on there. And then when you again when you look at the people who've been involved in them, like Darby Allen, Brian Cage, Jungle Boy, um, obviously Phoenix in in, in that match um, there, and then the Omega match. Just again, a lot of fresh faces, a lot of new faces to the American TV audience um, audience as well at this at, at this level as um, as well. So again, it's. Um, they know what they're fucking doing. They're, um, mm. you know, I think I think it's something that we almost like because we've just been stuck in this WWE world for so long. You kind of you see something like this with Phoenix, and I, I feel like you've almost just got to like re- rewire your brain a little bit and kind of like this idea of the things that we talk about that we wish WWE would do in terms of holding back on people, not just shooting them to the top and then having nothing there for them or, you know, like just like having people lose all the time and then get buried and things like that. You know, they make you feel like there's a long, there's a long-term plan for a few of these guys that they're referencing here and they're putting them in these showcase level matches that they can slowly build and slowly get over. And it's, you know, it's uh, you know, it genuinely feels refreshing and definitely feels like, you know, by having that longer term thinking, you're starting to think, okay, people who are getting into the product new and suddenly seeing these better quality matches, they're going to enjoy wrestling matches more than just just been, um, you know, the, the, the same drivel matches that they've been used to on on, on Raw over the last few, last last few years, and then also characters who they're going to, with time, realise that you do get rewarded for investing in them as characters and people and what they do and noticing their growth in the business and things like that. So just all, all feels like a lot of positives there to me. Yeah. Yeah. And to that point, you know, there's, there isn't always room, you know, I would say that AW roster is packed. Like, uh, you know, a good mm-hmm. example of someone, you know, Lance Archer, you know, he's someone who like, he feels surplus to requirements, if anything, like he's someone who could be a top guy. Um, but instead, he kind of has to just, you know, take his take his spots when he gets them like he did with, you know, with this, this Eddie Kingston feud and this and this lumberjack match, you know, and it, if anything, it's like there are too many people who are kind of being kept strong, mm-hmm. you know. I'll be honest. I kind of, I almost forgot. Darby Allen was was the uh, was the TNT champion, um, for example. You know, but that's because he's busy doing something else. You know, and there, there isn't always the spot to 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 you know to 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 focus on that belt. You know, for now, um, there's a lot going on. You know, and a lot of interesting things going on. That's kind of the the thing with a, with AEW right now. I think they've had. I wouldn't say that the week-to-week TV has been perfect these last few weeks. It has felt, you know, in a couple of the weeks we've talked about where it's felt a little bit like, okay, we've got to we've got to fill in an extra week now because of the Brody Lee situation, and now we've got to fill in another week because well, we put the pay-per-view back a week. Um, but overall, you know, uh, there are things on last week's Dynamite that I can complain about, but overall, you know, 
I can't complain. Um, but yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Going to ask, you know, any other highlights from Dynamite this week? I'm guessing. I'm guessing the wedding wasn't one. If we're talking <laughs> some negatives <laughs> for AEW, that was weak. That was, you know, uh, yeah. it's hard to do a bad wrestling wedding, and that was just, you know, it was the most basic angle you were going to get. Um, no big Miro heel turn that I was hoping for. Instead, we got the uh, just the continuation of this this tag feud with uh, with Orange Cassidy and uh, and Chucky T. Um, thought that was a that was a pretty weak spot on the show, but otherwise uh, it was full of uh, full of interesting stuff. Yeah, I think with that, I think with that wedding as well, as well at points throughout this show, the crowd was like really up and like really quite hot at, at, at different points. Whereas that, you know, the end part there with, you know, when Orange Cassidy came out and then when Miro got cuffed to the ropes, the crowd felt pretty flat, really, for that mm. point of view. And I think it was it was one of, uh, again, like rare instances that you get these days, obviously with the smaller crowds at shows and things like that, where I felt like you got that genuine crowd reaction that we've kind of like missed in a lot of ways in the same way we've talked about like, oh God, can you imagine if it had been a crowd here for that match that had been going off their box and things equally here? I felt like you kind of got that bit of a, yeah, that was a wet fart <laughs> kind of, uh, kind of enter that really with, you know, with the, the, they, they weren't, you know, the, the crowd weren't as hot as they were, you know, yeah. during certain matches or things like that or, or, or other in, in ring elements as, as well, really. And, you know, again, hopefully this is one of the things where they will, you know, they will listen to the crowd more than, more, uh, more than WWE do and, and take this kind of, kind of stuff on board. Cause, I mean, you, you were just left thinking, sort of, so what, really, yeah. <laughs> at the end of this? Like, yeah. Where's this moved on to? No, yeah. Nowhere, nowhere. It's more yep. fucking Kip's That's exactly what I TV thought. That's what it's leading to. I don't need I to thought, what was the point? Well, I, I was just glad that they're not building up this wedding anymore and it's actually over with. But it <laughs> fucking dragged, which in the case of most stuff I don't like on AEW, it tends not to drag, but this really did. And I just don't care. I'm not invested in the feud. I just kind of want... I was just like thinking, Mira go heel. Yeah, Mira go heel. No, no. Mira go mad and smash everything up. No, didn't happen. So it was like, right, what was the point of that then? Mm. Like, and, and, and then there'd been some sort of story going around that they were getting married for real. And I thought, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the overall fucking outcome of it in some bizarro world way. They've actually had their wedding reception that day or something. But it just felt utterly pointless and kind of hokey and yeah yeah i wasn't really into it whereas at least the shack stuff is shit let's mm-hmm. not make any bones about that it's bad they fucked it however oh yeah oh yeah they have fucked it and that match is not going to be anything else but bad and again other than i know that jade cargill likes to work out who is she? Why should I care? I still don't know. I've asked this now for several weeks. I'm getting to the point of having a match. I'm like, am I meant to know who she is? Legitimately. I've got no idea. Um, yeah. And then he, he came out and he, what, did he, he decked that kind of like protective fucking window by doing a Judas effect, which he said is going to be his main move. It's like, I was like, this is oh, this is yeah, Shaq on silly. It, yeah, yeah, on like what was it? What yeah. was it? it? Was like some kind of NFL show or something? What, sorry, NBA show. Oh, no, in, in, inside, inside the, the NBA. NBA. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, like one of their biggest kind of rating draws that they'll have. You know, it's like a I, big I, fucking I, show for them. Meanwhile, he's still invited to be wrestlers the Shaq Bowl. Oh yeah, be, because of that on the inside the NBA, 
like I was I was loving that. And like as much as this is this makes no sense and things, and then when it like flashed up that it was going to be on TV this first match, I was thinking like this is what we were talking about months ago. Use this guy and his millions and millions of you know social media followers and things like that, and let's tap into to that. And then the, the fact that I just assumed this would be something that would be happening on pay per view. Mm. The fact that this is happening on TV in the first so instance, weird. you know, you talk, you talk you talk about something that's going to spike them over that million, like. If oh, maybe that's the thought. Shaq with his inside with, go home for pay per view. Yeah, with it with his inside the NBA stuff, with all of his social media presence and things like that, with what a big star he is, to be there on TV, like that really it should really, really boost TV ratings there. And you know, there's gonna be the the casual fan element that, you know, might tune in for it. There's gonna be the wrestling there's gonna be the people who aren't wrestling fans but they're basketball fans. Uh, who are just going to tune in just to see Shaq and probably just to laugh at wrestling as well, probably as well. But it's still a number that goes on a rating and it shows that needle move. And if it does, then who's to say further down the line? Obviously, it's not going to be a good match, but you get that you then get the singles and then that's on pay-per-view or something like that. And it earns a bit of money on the back of it. You know, it's not just like one, you know, one and done. You know, I think there's a, I think there's, you know, uh, it feels smart to me this like whereas i was questioning it a few months ago for this to be on tv feels like a belter mm. yeah joe mills has said in the chat that you know maybe the all-star game being on the 7th of march is is probably going to be a factor as to why they've done it but it works out for the prep for the positive doesn't it actually thinking about it like the, mm. the way you put it there gareth yeah uh, it probably is something that maybe the original plan was pay-per-view but to be honest are the people who are curious about shack gonna gonna shout pay-per-view money or are they more likely to put turn the telly on and watch TNT on the Wednesday night. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, like you both said, for a, for a go-home as well. And the other thing is it's on TV, so if it's crap, probably going to forgive it more, aren't we? <laughs> you know, um, when Jade Cargill gets a big moment and a, and a big uh, a big pin. <laughs> She's the draw, apparently, to some people who know who she is. <laughs> I'm very intrigued to, to see what match they put on before it and what match they put on after it. Mm. Because if they, you know, in theory, if they do Shaq and then immediately after it, you've got Phoenix against Darby Allen or something like that, you know, mm. where the, you know it's going to be a good match with a big character that's a new fresh face that look young and different and things like that. You know, that feels to me like... You know, if if seventy five percent of the audience turn off and you retain twenty five who then watch that match, and then you might get ten percent of them who go, "Oh, that was quite good." That or five percent or whatever. It's just a something that's just a little mm. little injection to, to to possibly, you know, get casuals uh, interested as well. And you know, I think mm. that's got to just be why they're using it. And TV makes so much sense to me. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts on AEW or, or Dynamite in general for last week? Uh, going into a uh, into next it- week's show. I really enjoyed the Battle Royal. They do Battle Royals well for this, but like, I, I don't know what it was. I think it was just the, the sheer pace, mm. the fact that every time somebody went, for the most part, it felt very clear. I know they missed the big splash spot. Um, that uh, Who was it? Was it Isaiah Cassidy from Private Party did and he missed? But after that, mm. I thought there was a nice kind of variance mm. in who was getting thrown out. So there was some people who were kind of a bit, big, bit bigger getting thrown out. Um, near the start so like Nick Jackson going early doors and things like that I really enjoyed all of that and I thought it made sense for for how this was ultimately going to go um, but uh, I really enjoyed it it was like a 13 minute battle royal and I went that's as kind of good as 
a basic battle royal is is going to get. So I just wanted to give a shout out to that because I thought it was interesting. Although I have to say, a lot of the inner circle stuff is just sort of so repetitive, and they've worked out a way of cycling Jericho into the tag division for a bit and doing something with it. But it feels like we're getting to the point where maybe Sammy Guevara will cost them the victory or something along those mm. lines at the pay-per-view. And then that leads to him getting kicked out, but being right all along as MJF tries to take it over. But in some ways, you kind of want to get onto that bit now. Yeah. Because there's so much of this kind of like bickering stuff that they're just on, they're just in a hamster wheel. They've had too many. A lot of the times with a lot of minister. Yeah. yeah. They started the build early and then they basically added two extra episodes of Dynamite and they've struggled. I think that's exactly mm-hmm. what it is, isn't it? This is where you can see a little bit of, uh, yeah, the wheels falling off a little bit with that. Um, it'll still be a big moment though, won't it, when MJF turns or, you know, whatever happens on the pay-per-view. So it'll be worth the extra build. But no, you are right. That is something where uh, their, uh, their working out has been a, a little bit obvious. Yeah, I, th- I think, um, I think, with that one, you know, I, I talked about that a few weeks ago. I was just like ready for it to be done. That must be a month ago now, even that we were like talking about that. So I'm just looking forward to probably getting Stick- to, to revolution and just 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 seeing what seeing what happens on the on the back of that. I think when you talk about stuff that jumped out from Dynamite, though, in 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 general. One of the things for me was um, just with the with the women's stuff, and mm-hmm. you know, the, the two prong thing. You know, I really like Britt Baker. I was talking last week about like what a strong heel she is and you know how she's got that absolutely down really like thunder rosa i thought these put on a great you know a great little match a great you know t- tv match and us you know certainly as far as like um women's matches have have gone in AEW, there's there's, there's not been many that's uh, been up there that i've i've enjoyed as as much as this one i think as, as well obviously on this show they did the promo for the the tournament that they're doing like they the, the eliminator tournament to to get the title shot and when they were there like showing you know putting all the names up on the screen and you you know you think of how much stick the aw has had from a women's wrestling standpoint mm-hmm. and then now kind of getting this opportunity to bring some of those japanese names back into the mix that they'd heavily built their women's division around in the, in, in the first instance and then on the other side um having a lot of the names that they've been able to establish a bit more during this lockdown period that women's tournament actually looks something that's you know that's that's intriguing and feels a bit different and you know it looks like it's something that's gonna you know add something add something new as well and yeah i mean obviously not every match on there is going to be be a belter but what it's going to do is you know continue to build a couple of other stars that come through and just feel like that there's a bit more depth added to added to that division division going forward as well and i think that was one of the things that, that stood out but you know particularly mm-hmm. that Britt baker thunder rosa match i really really enjoyed that yeah big fan of uh of thunder rosa right now um you know i think she's uh she's someone who i would absolutely be building that division around you know i think Britt baker's their their golden star right now but i think she's someone who i think we're gonna it feels like with that nwa relationship and whatever a contractual status is they're they're going to be using her more um she's facing layla hirsch this week which is a match i'm i'm excited to see um yeah i think there's definitely definitely positives in uh in that in that women's division after you know a rough go of it um in the last yeah. couple of years and there's a couple I, of stars I, I think as well like brit she's just better in the ring than i thought 
she she was and she seems to be improving in the ring as well like she's you know she's definitely her the, the match quality is definitely improved with her over time as well which again is a positive start sign that, that as as well as the character coming through and that being something that's really strong and them obviously been behind her from from that standpoint if she can back it up to a credible level in in ring as well then again mm-hmm. that's that that's only better because there's, there's nothing worse than the strong character, um, especially in like women's divisions in, in the past as well, who then when it, you know, w- when the bell rings and it comes to the match, they, they shit the bed, they, you know, then you've, you've got nothing to, nothing to take that, take that further with. Whereas with, with this, you feel like actually there's a, there's a, there's a lot of legs in this and you could get a long, mm-hmm. you know, you could get a long title run out of Britt Baker here where she's, she's put on some decent matches and then delivering, you know, delivering on the mic as, as well. Yeah. Um, the only the only other thing that like really stood out to me on this uh, this show that I definitely wanted to reference was Jake Roberts dropping Angelico. Um, <laughs> in, 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 that was great. The camera almost in, in missed it as well. Almost. Oh, I, I, I dropped dropped him like I'd love to drop Angelico as well. Like he gave him a good <laughs> proper dig, didn't he? It was a <laughs> like a, <laughs> I thought it was a it was great. I loved uh, I loved uh, Jake sort of uh, falling over like after there was a. Uh, as well and lying there i thought it was a made me made me chuckle but yeah definitely uh yeah. definitely definitely enjoyed seeing anelico get a big swat off jake <laughs> he was pulling some dictator mayor shit wasn't he there was jake oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah that was that was definitely a highlight and yeah obviously uh going forward like i say lots of interesting things in the women's division definitely agree with you. i think you can you can build that division around Britt baker now i think she can be that she can be that heel star like i say i would like to see thunder rosa on the the opposite side as that babyface star but yeah there's definitely the uh the, the the pieces are coming together i think a little bit more for for that division so lots to hope for there like i say uh this week we've got that uh thunder rosa and uh and layla hirsch match uh on dynamite joey i mentioned it before actually uh darby allen not defending his tnt belt very often he's uh, he's up against Joey Janela. So you got that to look forward to uh, on this week's uh, episode of Dino. <laughs> Be careful. Joy. I know. Hey, at least it's Darby doing something other than, other than just standing around with Sting and, and getting the Tony Schiavone interview. As much as I enjoy it, <laughs> that's another one like the Jericho thing where it does feel like, you know, they had five weeks worth of material and one in like week 10 now um, you know it's uh it's fun to see dad and lad together smashing windows and and doing promos with shivani and going back and forth with taz but i would like to to see that moved on uh maybe we'll get a big angle on dynamite maybe uh taz's faction have been uh have been on their heels quite a bit um lately with that story so maybe they'll get their revenge oh. we get the, the big beat down angle or something on dynamite after this janella match i'd enjoy that but every time I see Hook Tasson, I'm fascinated to see what he's doing. Did you say Hook like. Tasson? Like, that's his full name. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I, I saw someone write this on Twitter, and I, and I think that's what it has to be. Hook Tasson. Chat, remember um, that one? We're thinking of episode titles at the end. <laughs> it's fucking brilliant. Like, I, honestly, like, I'm so intrigued seeing him. Like, just the name in and of itself. But I did, no, somebody referred to it. I can't claim full credit for all this. The Fiendophile thing is all me. But the, um, but the, yeah. Of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> the Fiendophile, Hulk um, and they're our, first, they're our first contenders for our episode title. I can't wait to see him, though. He's, he's fucking great. And he does a good kind of, um, like, underhook suplex as well. And he, yeah, I, the problem is, is, is like you say, they've just been spinning their heels mm-hmm. so many fucking weeks. But 
I'm always interested in Team Taz. And if Willie Hobbs, uh, um, Big Will Hobbs gets um, to use sort of Hacksaw Will Hobbs as well, I think that would be great. Yeah, there you go. There's money in that too. In mem- memory of Big Butch. Mm, yeah, yeah. we haven't actually had the chance to talk about that uh, on air. Uh, were you a big fan, JP? Mm. Well, was yeah. you big in the Hulahan household? Yeah. Oh, he was. He was. Because all of those WCW late 80s, early 90s videotapes where he was on in doom all over those i can't say that i went back and like sort of watched his mid 80s run a whole lot when he had the bleach blonde hair mm-hmm. and was it awa that he was yeah was it awa that he was the the kind of uh, one of the biggest stars i'm in front of cage point at the minute as you can guess my camera's off so you can all tell what i'm up to <laughs> but like i like i think in that case like you know he was a he was someone who I can't help but feel there probably would have been a lot of racial politics aside, which would have meant that he wouldn't have got pit pushed in that kind of big main event role hmm. that perhaps he would have done. I mean, I, I, as a worker, I think probably by the time we would have seen him in Doom, he would have been quite limited, hence probably being in the tag team. And his job would have been getting kind of Ron Simmons kind of ready, um, which, you know, I think he, he did all right with. But he just kind of was just ushered out of WCW, wasn't he, once they broke them up? Mm. Yeah, real sad one, really. Yeah. Like I, I was, I was reading about it, and you know, to do the news update on Monday, and it was like I didn't even know he was still wrestling from two thousand. He was wrestling until two thousand eleven. Like he apparently made a big comeback in two thousand five and started doing indie shows again. Like how would you not book a Doom reunion? You know, Ron Simmons was pretty retired at what? that point too. But you can do it. There's money in that. He should have been on Janela's spring break the last couple of years as well. Oh, right? there you go. I mean, he should have had a big Doom indie with run. Teddy Long coming up to that music. Oh, my God. Missed opportunities. Big time. Big mm. time. No, again, it's 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 one of them where for me it was uh, it was all about the do the Doom runner. You know, I don't I don't think I've seen a lot of his stuff anywhere else. I just always remember fucking his WWF run, like around a time of Oh yeah, WrestleMania four. Like that, that was a dog shit match, and I think he was supposed to get the IC belt, wasn't he, around that time or something? I I haven't read any like articles since he died or something like that, so I haven't got that to refresh my memory. But I'm pretty honky tonk. Is that yeah? That's right, wasn't he? But something something happened that it it didn't end up uh, end up um, end up resulting in in that way. But yeah, it was all about that Doom run for like I loved just loved Doom in in WCW. I mean, obviously in that um, you know. Ron's in the main event of our, you know, the Patreon show for the uh, Halloween Havoc '91. So we we talk a little bit about Doom there, but yeah, just that that music hitting and those two coming out, especially when they they had the masks on at first mm. and they just looked fucking nails. They just looked like a proper hard bastard tag team, and then they go in and just do them squash matches and absolutely destroy people. And then you know, obviously they were good with Teddy Long, but they were very, you know, I loved them with Woman as well. I think she was, you know, when she was she yep. was the manager of Doom, as that was a definitely something something different, and she was great in that role as well. And yeah, it's just a just a just a shame that would have been it. God, I would you just saying that there? I'm just thinking, God, I'd love to be in an indie show and just had that suddenly that do music hits and oh, you just get that yeah. reunion tag match in the mid 2000s or something like that. That would have been amazing. All they had to do is just deliver. Is it a double spine buster? That was their finisher, wasn't it? There you go. All they had to do is deliver one of those, just some indie worker. And honestly, the fucking pop throughout the place would have been mental. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll always take Doom over uh, the API, you know? 
I think I think most people would. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh that's what Ron. The APA are the well. Eagles to dooms the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> They're not the Eagles. They are wings. Sorry, I'm getting confused. <laughs> uh, well, moving on, we uh, we touched a little bit on on New Japan there within the uh, the AW chat and the whole uh, relationship. Uh, yeah, New Japan have uh, had their road two shows going on the last while. I don't think there's a a huge amount of uh, to to report really. It's all all eyes are kind of on the uh, the proper. Uh, new beginning in the Hiroshima shows that are that are coming up this week. Uh, Gareth, have you been uh, keeping an eye on the uh, on the road to shows while you've uh, you've been updating the app? I know I've uh, I've seen you've seen a couple. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I watched um, I watched bits and bobs of some going back. When was the last one? That was it was like a week ago, wasn't it? So mm. I've seen seen a couple of couple of matches there, but again, nothing nothing that's you know stuck out in your in, in your brain particularly it's just been more than just been a bit consistent with with some of these uh some of these storylines where they've just got the, the the little matches to to work to so you've had those little interactions with like you know you know bushi and master Watto. you've had the you've had the gorillas of destiny stuff going on with zach and tai chi and you've obviously had like the the the, the different interactions with you know like Hiromu and show and things and obviously Kota and Sonata work and so it's just been very much more about just getting these people together and you know you know build you know I don't know just bleeding a little bit of story into what's to, to come on these these two shows obviously we talked about it last week or the week before about Jay White popping up as well and mm-hmm. you know yeah um, that you know that side of things so obviously that's that's kind of kind of been quite a a big point that's that that's come out of it come out of those those shows previously I mean I watched them today and uh sorry I watched the the show that that was today and again it was fine but it was it was very much just you know very similar stuff to what we've you know what we've seen on those others really it's you know it's two to three star matches basically with little interactions with people to just try and get you a bit excited about some uh some 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 things that's that, that's going to be happening across the across these two two mm-hmm. matches you know i thought today i was surprised you know they did a you know the 30 minute draw again in the in the main events uh today with the mm-hmm. against Ibushi and show and again that just you know that just felt i don't know it felt a bit overkill kind of thing going mm. 30 minutes again in the in the in the main today but you know or longer four. mate yeah oh, you know, it, was, it was four 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 good guys in the ring and there was some you know there was just some you know good interactions between them and you know you know the different pairings along uh, along the way and you know it has it has got you thinking yeah hiromu show is going to be uh going to be Going to be great stuff, you know. I think them two, them two together, um, going to work well. Ibushi, I mean, at the end of the day, is working with Sonata, so you can only get excited about that to a to a certain level. But I think I think it's been an interest. It's been an interesting dynamic with this that there's. It's been almost like respectful, I suppose, in in in, in a lot of ways that you know relate you know relationship in, in in certain instances with them. But again, it's still. It's still Sonata at the end of the day, so it's not one that's going to get you particularly excited. Has he been respectful, or has he just been standing there like a statue and we're just interpreting that he's respectful? <laughs> that's the thing, isn't it? Because, good God, you talk about like big New Japan man. If that one goes to a thirty minutes or a forty minutes or an hour or something, I'll be, I'll be tearing my hair out because yeah, that is. Good God, that's a horrible prospect. No. But yeah, they're the matches we're building to, as you said, Gareth. It's uh, on uh, on night one uh, the big. 
two matches really on top of G.O.D. against Dangerous Techers, Tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr. Um, and Hiromu versus Show, which, like you say, I think there's a every chance that's a, that's a great match there. And then on a, on um, night two in a, in is it Hiroshima or Hiroshima? Which way do you go? Um, I, I'll go Hiroshima. Uh, main event. Is, I go Hiroshima. Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> go to Ibushi. And, we'll, 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 all, we'll all be wrong then. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember, uh, I think it was an exhibit rap where he said, I drop bombs like Hiroshima. You know, not the, uh, not the best, uh, the nicest thing to say, but yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Kota Ibushi and Sonata is the, uh, the main event of, uh, of, that, uh, of that second night, as we say. Not particularly the most exciting thing. Plus, uh, you know, never open weight six man as well with Chaos against Bull Club. Yeah, we were all made up to see Jay White come back and slot right back into that six man division. Uh, exactly what we all envisioned uh, when we were all speculating. Uh, yeah, not the. Well, not he's got to go to Revolution in fairness on March 7th. So. <laughs> there we go, yeah. That, that, that'd be more interesting. Did, did, did you? Either you watch the sh- you watch the show today at all? <laughs> you couldn't no. pay me enough. No. Mate. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I mean, they're like obviously you're talking about like one of the big, the big matches been the the God match against Zach and Taichi and like mm. to, like one of the one of the underpinning storylines there is that um, that Tamatonga's nicked um, nicked the iron glove from Taichi and then oh? so today right. you know, or the iron fingers sorry I should say shouldn't I and uh, and then today you had the uh, you had the where he brought out some sports bag and Taichi grabbed the bag and he thought he was getting the uh, the iron fingers back but it was just a ski glove and then he checked somewhere else and it was a small baseball mitt and then he checked again and there's just a rubber chicken in there and then and then you had Tamato and, and then you had Tamatonga like getting out a um, like an a glove puppet that was like an elephant and he was like you know using this this elephant glove puppet and I was just like. Really? Is this is this is it rubber, rubber chickens and elephant glove puppets? Is this is, is this where we're at to build um build um build angles in New Japan these days? Classic uh twenty ten New Japan, that really isn't it? Sorry, twenty tens. That's what uh Okada Tanahashi in the rubber chicken angle. Do you not remember it? Yeah. <laughs> Go back further, mate. Inoki was all about them rubber chickens. Um that's what Inoki is That was Ricky Inoki. Dozan, he couldn't fucking get enough. He <laughs> uh, was up against the destroyer. It's like we need to get this involved in the match. How are we gonna do that? You let me work out the magic. They love me. They'll watch any shit I do on telly, eighty million of them. Anyway. Very true. What's your interest level going in, JP, to, to these shows? I can't say it's uh, it's usually that interesting. Like I said, I think it's one of them where we'll probably all pick out the uh, the big matches uh, at the end of the two nights. But yeah, not uh, not really lighting my world on fire. And I don't think it's ever gone when, uh, when Kota Ibushi Sonata's your big match out of the two days. No, this very much falls into the category of watching out of obligation rather than anything else. Um, it, it's not- like MLW, yeah. Yeah, well, you say that, MLW's a nice, easy watch. So, like, I don't want to hear you being too fucking critical about that, all right? <laughs> it's, it's no New Japan strong. I, 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 I love the way the camera came back on there as soon as I yeah. MLW came to the <laughs> And another thing. fucking back in the room now. <laughs> you know, you, you've picked, you've picked the in, piqued my interest now with this. This New, this new Japan shite, get off board it. It's, it's not going anywhere. It's dying as a company, as we've been talking about for ages. Uh, these these shows, I mean, don't get me wrong, Hiromu show I'm looking forward to. Mm. I'm just fearing the length. I think they could be going 45 minutes plus. Mm. And I think they're doing it to show that they can do it. Yeah, I think And those so first 20, 
20 minutes are going to be a hard, hard watch. I Obviously, I'd love to be proven wrong, but it's Sonada, and he has zero interest in proving you wrong. He has more interest in proving you absolutely right as a smart fan. And an ELP at a point, I mean, we're probably going to see the anti-Sonada, so he'll probably be completely glammed up for this, and then he'll look like a man who's wrestling while sleeping. Like it'll it'll be utterly incredible to watch and yet completely infuriating. So yeah, don't, there's a lot about these kind of shows. Quite often it is this way mm. in February with New Japan. Let's be honest. The, ch- the challengers tend to be kind of placeholder challengers for the most part. It's New Japan Cup. Then after that, that might be a bit more different depending on who they're able to get in at that point in time. But it's very much a kind of placeholder tour. Mm-hmm. Where they normally, in previous years, would have done stuff like the um, the the CMLL cards, mm-hmm. or they would do um, oh, what the hell was the other one? Um, the Ring of Honor tours. Oh, they yeah. tended to fill up a lot of kind of January historically. Now the AW. Um, well, I say historically. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Well, they've got their they've got their women's tournament. You know, <laughs> maybe Chief maybe, Shutter's made maybe, maybe that. that yeah, that's the real forbidden door, isn't it? Uh, yeah, women in women in New Japan, and that door seems very much fucking firmly shut. Yeah. So the, the best thing on the, the best on, thing on these shows, as we talked about in the past, was the um, was the ELP commentary. I was going to ask. Like, He's done, isn't he? he? he I saw he, that he was retiring. He, he announced today that he, that, he, that he was retiring, but he was fucking gold again and i was just gutted that i didn't watch i wasn't watching live because i'd have definitely done this because he 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 um he said if anyone um you know if anyone paypals me to this address i'll like read it you know i'll read stuff out on the on the air and i, I was like that. when i was watching it back i was like i was like oh i could have got like i could have done a like could have got a grapple plug in there um because <laughs> he was there he was just reading stuff out about people's podcasts and things like that i was thinking mm-hmm. oh god what a good cheap uh, cheap ad for the app that would have been but there was just a no there was there was an there was an awesome bit where um where after like Akada and Evil had their their thing going on and Akada's on the mic and obviously he's you know he's saying stuff in, in Japanese and you'd normally have Chris Charlton translating there and the ELP is just like talking over it like Evil, you're very handsome and I like your hair. And then, like, and then he, he like he said he said something again. He's like, "My mother thinks you're handsome." And then he's like, uh, "Please tell me, uh, please tell me your hair care routine one on one." And it was just like some like, you know, I don't know, Mystery Science Theater two thousand. Oh, you know, it was just the 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 way it was delivered was just perfect. You know, as as the uh, as the voiceover to, uh, to it, it was it was absolute class. And but again, it's going to be a talk about a man who when he's rest. Career is done. Who has just got a you know a future on commentary behind the mic? I was I was just thinking there he is you know God yeah. this this little run he's just he's got himself set and then if you know if the likes of I don't know if someone like Tony Khan sitting watching that then you're thinking oh great he's someone who you know he's he's got value where he can contribute in in other areas as well because I was just thinking about how good um, he would be um, yeah. Um, with Excalibur, I think I could just see him bouncing off Excalibur like fantastically, you know, with what yeah. I've what I've seen of him here with Kelly over that over the last couple of weeks. But yeah, absolute gold. He's got a future in it, definitely. Um, let's hope it's not the end. That'd be perfect though if he just comes back and he's like, "Yeah, they offer me loads of money, so I'm here again." Hello, um, that'd be perfect for his character, wouldn't it? But oh, yeah, it was. 
there was no indication of him being like this when he started off his UK run. <laughs> I have to say, there was no, I couldn't foresee really any of this coming, least of all the commentary, because he didn't seem to have any kind of like personality. Budget, we thought he was budget and helico. And like, think of what we, we all think of on helico now. <laughs> Christ. It's fucking incredible, isn't it? Mm. But at the same time, he's been he's been excellent, excellent value. Mm. And if you want someone to come in and like that kind of like I say, he just gets that level of snark right. And I won't lie, he's probably the thing that makes me want to kind of is he is he commentating this weekend? Please tell me he is. That's not the last one, is it, Gareth? I think he said today was his last show, didn't he? I'm yeah. just checking. Oh, here. Is, 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 is he wrestling? Is yeah, he said he said today on Twitter that he was done. Sorry, JP. Ah, oh, bollocks. <laughs> well, can I go back and watch that? I just don't know. It seems like I'll I'll, I'll ask Gareth the specific clips. Um, but just to, to kind of fill in a couple of things from the chat as well, Ian has um, has updated us on a few things during this that New Japan did prop comedy with a squeaky rubber chicken. Ibushi Sonada went 35 minutes in the G1 final. They'll go longer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with a heavy heart. And he says, what about the Rev Pro show where the ring broke and he filled time? I wasn't oh, at yeah. that. Joe was at that. He told me about it because he said it was just fascinating watching the ring being completely rebuilt. He mm. just said, well, you don't often actually get to see that close up. So, um, yeah, I wasn't there for that one when he when he, when he he kind of filled up the time, sadly. Wow. It'd be nice to go back to the cockpit now, but that'd be a fucking super spreader event, even if you've got 30 people in the room. I was going to say, you know, well, we'll just follow the lead of Florida. Fuck yeah. me, the Super Bowl had enough people at it, didn't it? And, you know, breaking news tonight is that uh, you'll, I'm sure you'll cover it on the news update in the morning, JP. GCW are going to be doing a big weekend at WrestleMania weekend, a full-on collective. IWTV are doing their version of it. Sounds like it's going to be with fans as well, because um, there's wrestlers talking about uh, flogging their merch. There's, yeah, you know, it's fine in Florida, so yeah, maybe we'll get to go back to shows soon as well. Yeah, COVID, what COVID? <laughs> and there'll be enormous super spreader events because it's not going away anywhere. It's it's just this complete like it, it feels like denial, complete denialism at this point, mm. and it's something that's kind of played wrestling throughout. This been like, when can we get back people? When can we get back people? And it's like, is it safe to bring back people? When can we get back people? And they're just doing it, and then that's completely ignorant when COVID spreads. Mm. And it feels like that's what we're set up with for the next like kind of few months really mm. um but yeah it's the kind of desperation it's it's the old jurassic park line you know they all think about whether they could not whether they should and i know <laughs> i butchered the line but you get the point that'll be and me the and fucking you. dinosaurs ate them yeah that'll be me you and ian wrestlemania weekend when we're covering the shit mate it's uh yeah <laughs> yep. let's talk in uh in march um but yeah, like I say, those shows are coming up. We'll uh, be covering the uh, covering those New Japan shows uh, on our next show. But yeah, in the meantime, with the uh, the point of the show, it's the uh, it's JP's potluck. What else have we been uh, been watching this week, lads? There's uh, it's not been exactly the most uh, newsworthy week as far as uh, in ring content goes. But I know uh, I know you've been busy, JP. Yeah, there was there was a couple of things. I'm going to mention one because I think Gareth watched this as well, which was um, Sawama versus Shitaro Ishino. Oh, well, that's that one. All Japan, you didn't. Oh, oh, okay. All right. Well, I was going to go to all Japan. It's a surprise to you. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I watched that. Um, and I'll, I'll go through so it very quickly because I only watched that, that match from it. Before I get to MLW, don't worry. MLW is coming first. Okay. You know, rest assured. Um, 
it was a uh, it was a sort of your typical decent to good kind of Suwama match, mm. whereby he kind of will hit if you're thinking rating terms, sort of three and a half to kind of four point two five. That's kind of seems like pretty much his range. Off Benno goes, um, <laughs> but at the same time, it was it, it was decent, but it still felt from the same problem that everything else that there really wasn't anything that was in doubt and it didn't feel like Shitaro Shino is kind of lifted to the level that they need which is younger guys and you know my fear is at the end of the week that fucking Muta wins the um, GHC title like with Sawama as well as champion it just feels for me like all Japan has lost so much speed over the last years, so much momentum has kind of gone. And that's not saying Sawama's bad, because as a match, it's it's good. And he can do the big beefy lad brawl. Ashina's got some good suplexes about him. I thought, you know, some of the when they were working the the kind of stuff on the ground and on the mat, I thought that was interesting. But at the same time, I think I went like three and a half on it. And it kind of was I really like Shatara Ashina, as I've said several times, predominantly over the whole Arsenal thing, which I don't know how he would have taken that fucking Villa result. I mean, I've been seething twice over the last week. Um, he hasn't tweeted about it. And that poor sod spent a fucking fortune on their online shop as well during a pandemic. So that's the smartest thing to do. Um, but it was it, it was a fine, decent match. Um, there's the junior t- uh, title match, which I should go back and watch as well. But All Japan is just kind of spinning its heels. You know, it's just not really going anywhere. It's not really doing anything. I don't know what this rain actually is kind of really achieving because it's not like Sawama's going to go into the pantheon of the kind of really great All Japan champions. It just feels like a transitional rain that's gone on too long. And you've got Kento Miyahara and you just think, well, if you're going for the kind of safety first option, put the belt on Miyahara, no? Like... Or at least put him somewhere near that top of the card. And at the minute, he seems to be involved in a lot of tags. So all Japan, like a year ago, I was fully prepared for like 2020 to go, right, they're going to kick on. They've got some interesting faces at the top of the card. Miyahara had that great 2019. And it just is completely stalled. And. I think with I think with this one you like you said there about like whether or not I'd watched it and I intended to and like this isn't a this isn't a bearing on it but you know like on the app it's like averaging out at like three point eight six so it's higher than what you've given it there with the 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 three point five you know it's clearly you know it's clearly a a good like a good a good good enjoyable match I probably will try and get around to 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 watching it I know a, a link popped up in my uh, in my email inbox that I had it on so I've definitely got a place yeah. to watch it but um but um I think as I've dipped in and out of all Japan like on the back probably of that Miyahara run it just felt like Ashina was probably in a place last year where he felt like he was pretty hot and it felt like there was a bit of buzz about him and things like that and then it sort of feels like that's been cooled off you know yeah. to, to some degree I'm not going to sit here and profess to be like you know, watching all Japan all the time or or anything like that, but you're still reading stuff and you're still listening to stuff on podcasts and things and still hearing the talk around somebody. And, and you know, it genuinely felt like, you know, to me looking, it was like, okay, this is someone there where you're going to get like, you know, I suppose you've got, you know, Ashino and Miyahara potentially as two people there mm. who can be, you, you, you know, 
taken things forward and beyond where it's, it, it sort of feels like he's had a had a bit of steam steam taken out of him and then to then yeah. again when this match was set up I thought like oh is this it now is he now getting you know getting the getting a, a bit you know a bit more of a comeback year <laughs> kind of thing but you know clear clearly not they've done weird things like this for the last year they had Zeus win the Champions Carnival have a have a great final match against Miyahara and then lose a couple of days later to Sawama and it's like well, what was the point of that then what exactly does that achieve because Zeus is kind of on his last legs if anything else so it was like well whatever perceived value you would have gained by heating him up it just doesn't make make any sense but yeah I, I get why I'll send you two stuff all the time I mean I'm, I'm glad to see that Chris you Brooks deal with slightly shows. more pro- I felt I was duty bound to but it was it was nice that you decided to pop that up I was like I haven't watched that sorry is this <laughs> yeah, do, I, do you know what? I started to try and watch it, and I was like, "This is bollocks." Mm. It's just it's three matches. I think the second one involves Mecha Mummy versus uh, a Joshi wrestler. I think I'm not entirely sure. It's commentated on in English. It's an hour and a half long. It, I couldn't be asked, frankly. It just felt like a show that involves Chris Brooks that's designed to sell people on DDT Wrestle Universe on the subscription service. That's why it exists. And from a business perspective, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. I think that's, but you know, you think you will get a few subscribers. And I know there's people on our timelines who definitely have signed up as a result of that. It's just, it's not of any interest to me. It doesn't have, it didn't have any of the kind of wackiness that like them in the swimming pool will have and those kind of shows or when they're out there, like I think there was like an elephant fucking kicking a football against Chris Brooks when he was in goal or stuff like that. So it doesn't have any of the kind of outlandishly wacky stuff. It's just like an empty, it's just basically where the ice ribbon dojo is. And it's just an empty arena show with three matches commentated on in English. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. So I couldn't be asked. So I've got nothing to feed back on that. Um, Was it fine? I've had my fill of I've had my fill of Chris Brooks in England. I'm not going to watch him in Japan. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That felt like um, the typical JP but, test. That send the file out, see if any of us are stupid enough to fall for it and watch it. Um, <laughs> although it did work. You don't have a ticket. You don't win the lottery. <laughs> well, did we you all, watch MLW? I think ben? we all watched it, mate. Um, yeah, I'm ready to chat. Oh. Mate. I'm ready to. Uh, Ready to go into right. it, but I'm afraid this is all we got time for this week, lads. We'll have to uh, call it here. Go <laughs> Fine, go on. I did watch it. What did you think of it? I'm intrigued to hear what you have to think about this. Did you bad. enjoy it for no. f- f- 52 minutes? Just shit. <laughs> it wasn't good. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, I'm stealing Garrett's bit here, but like, I, I, you know, just just looking at the the grapple ratings, JP. You know, Jordan. What's oh. what's a what's a Sentai Death guy? What is that? That was the opener. Jordan Oliver yeah. against some dude who's like dressed in all black and a mask who couldn't even be bothered to yeah. wear black underwear so his orange undies were coming out the back of his uh, back of his pants like couldn't look worse that was terrible LA Park and his, and his awful son and his other awful son under the ring having a tag match that was awful this was not a good show mate <laughs> I think you're missing the point you know five star ratings aren't everything oh right okay, okay. Some time, sometime... trying to build an app here sorry yeah exactly <laughs> like there's there's a different way of looking at this show and I think you're missing the point somewhat deliberately on this did you watch MLW in the end Gareth 
Do you not no, buy it? I, no, I, I, I'm looking here. I, I, it's, I, it was two weeks, ago, two weeks ago I watched it. It was that one that had Jacob Fatu against ACH as the main event. That was the that was the show I watched, but I haven't watched the, the next two. I was I was intrigued on that one by the, the Savio Vega-Richard Holiday um, match. So, he, uh, again, I don't know anything about that, but I thought I'll definitely give, I'll definitely give that a watch just to, to say that one. It, 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 it definitely gave me enough intrigue to, to want to go back. And, and it was a breezy, easy watch kind of thing. It was, you know, less than an hour sort of thing. So it was one of them where yeah. I was just thinking, yeah, I can, I can probably just when I'm at work or something like that, just catch up through, through a couple of episodes on. But certainly, um, yeah, as Ben O'S is here, where there isn't this, you know, where the highest rated match on the show is 1.98. It's, um, <laughs> it's, it's clearly not some, clearly, right. clearly not something that I need to watch for the work right. rate this week. I, mean, I don't need to watch it too closely. Really. Right. If you do a rundown of all the things that happen in the show, it's mental. It's just fucking crazy with all those little insults. So you have that match at the beginning that you're going on about. It was a minute 25. Come on, get a grip. Although the fact that Jordan Oliver said he now also weighed 220. Carry on. <laughs> and perhaps that was deliberate. How do you not know? They were going for a one and a quarter match and they delivered it, you know? So like, again... You know, the fact that Jordan Oliver says he weighs 220 pounds and is wanting selling he's gonna he's gonna take out Jacob Fatu, that made me laugh. I thought that was quite funny. It was. Then you've got Selena De, De La Rente talking to uh, Savio Vega about like about him letting down all of Puerto Rico. And it just seemed to be setting up that Lucha Underground are buying her out and a promotion as Dorado. It's like great. Then because of the Caribbean strap match, they said, like, they said that Sports Illustrated had reported, I'm assuming all of this is bullshit, it's wonderfully carny, that he was a dis- disgraced former official sacked from the NBA for match fixing that was brought in specifically to block Savio Vega from touching the fourth corner on that. the Caribbean strap match so Richard Hol- Holiday can dive in. Mate, that was fucking awesome. I was in bits. It got them some press, to be bit. fair. Yeah. Yeah, good. I'm more than happy about that. Like, it's it just the way they deliver it, though, with the absolute rich bikini with the absolute kind of straight faced, serious delivery as well, as if this is a thing there. You've got Filthy Island, which I know you've got the shit Von Eriks there, which says a lot because, like, those last couple of brothers were fucking absolutely fucking awful. <laughs> but, like, you've got Filth, and then they had the bit later on with Tom Lawler, and they're hinting that it's going to be like kind of the a fight festival, or whatever that fucking thing was fight called. Island, basically, and it's um, Lawler's fight island. Fight island. Yeah, TJP turning heel on his partner, whoever that bloke is, after the Lost Park stuff. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I laughed. Lucas. <laughs> yeah, the Buku Dao, whatever his name is, Buku Bao or something. Uh, yeah, one. Buku Dao. Have you not heard of him? <laughs> no. Yeah. He's been. See, they've got these really young guys, and they're always trying to boost them. And occasionally, like Alexander Hammerstone, you think, oh, they're kind of perhaps onto something here. Or even Richard Holiday, to a kind of lesser degree. There's something there. Him and Gino, him and Gino Medina aren't very good. Certainly, Gino Medina is is just not good at all. Um, but. Like you had that match, then you get this contra stuff always cutting in there as well. Um, then they're building up this interpromotional match next week, and they've sort of stolen UFC graphics as well to promote this stuff. Even though it's Leo Rush filming it on his phone in his car, it's such <laughs> a good job of making it seem like it's worth something. Yeah, Sell it. next three weeks, mate. You've got that 
you've got you've got a triple A champion versus uh, MLW champion, which I'm assuming Leo Rush wins because he's already kind of in triple A anyway, and it makes sense. Then you've got Filthy Island. Then you've got Never Say Never, which I thought was actually going to be the end of this month, and I put in a calendar invite yeah, and sent it to you too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so keep an eye on that. I'll be updating that as well. The control center for Filthy Island. It's like it's it's, it's kind of like it's it's great stuff. Gringo Loco is shit, but it might like again, and that match was actually actively quite bad. <laughs> Gina Medina is, is just fucking terrible. But that backlight brawl, which I called something else on the news report, um, my god, <laughs> like I like I, I was laughing throughout this because it, it was bad. It, it it seemed like they're having a fight around the sort of like in a what a, a fucking tip yeah is that what, what it is yeah it basically like, they went down to it, it to looked drop like that uwa a, show a like used bridge. to be on a on live tv when they had that match really like they did the, the bumper on top of a car uh that's what it felt like uh, it was a match in a tip but it was four minutes and i did get fooled when they replaced mads kruger with the other bloke but they just sort of ended mm. again the second match because clearly Mads Kruger can't wrestle, <laughs> which appears to be a problem, but I'm very intrigued about how they're going to get around this. So I'm not watching it for the fucking glory. Here. It's just, they put themselves into positions where there's no chance of them delivering on what they're going to offer, but they're going to somehow do it in a really carny esque way. And I'm in full admiration of them for it. And they just deal with it all at such a speed that I'm just like, yeah, fine, whatever. Like it's like a match comes on. I go, if this goes four minutes, I'll be fucking surprised. And it never does. <laughs> so, and I got Loki versus King Mo coming up. I'm in well for Loki smashes yeah. through King Mo's face. All I need for that is Dixie Carter in his corner. Uh, then I'm sold, JP. I'll tune back in. Uh, yeah. Did I not sell you on it, lads? No? <laughs> the show didn't sell me on it. <laughs> yeah. It is. You're watching a different show, mate. That's there's, there's not enough time in the week uh, for MLW, even if it is only 45 minutes long. Um, I don't know. I, I'll be honest. Like the, the presentation of it is good. I do like, like I always say, I like the way they use the crowd. I like the use of legitimate music. You know, you've got like uh, Eminem's Guilty Conscience playing for uh, what's the stable called? Uh, all Injustice. Lot. Injustice. Yeah, <laughs> they got like a lot of good like themes and stuff, and it's presented well. Then the bell rings. <laughs> it's the, uh, it's the British ECW. British. ECW yeah. was the same. Yeah, yeah. But you know, throw we, a load of stuff at you. It's all a bit mental. The matches are bad, but who gives a fuck? <laughs> Maybe next big pay per view. I'll uh, I'll tune in again, JP. Um, <laughs> March March twenty fourth. Uh, never say never. Okay. I, th- I, th- I think I'm more sold just on the the story stuff than the wrestling. I'm not mm-hmm. like I'm almost like it just sounds like something where I'm just not asked about the wrestling side of it. It's more just just feels it like an, an, an an easy watch something kind of thing where you're not actually watching it for the matches. You're just watching it for the for the bullshit and the uh, and the and the laughter that goes along with this. But um, absolutely. I, I, I will. I, I will endeavour to throw it into the mix while I'm uh, while I'm working. I'll, you, you're such a good salesman, JP. That I, uh, oh. I, I feel. I feel. I feel bad if I don't at least give it a month or something like that. Well, I'm almost tempted to hire that lawyer, and I'm in no legal disputes at the moment. The bloke who sponsors them. Oh, he was uh, on about Jim like Vietnam veterans this week. Yeah, yeah, that bloke. Mm, Where well, he will talk. I love wrestling. 
did you give birth to a child in 1985? <laughs> because you might have been polluted with this war. And you're like, what the fuck? That's a weird transition. <laughs> it feels like it's a gimmick, but it's real, isn't it? It's, uh, it yeah. is. It's oh. absolutely real. Yeah, yeah, I'm completely on board with it. Yeah, Cornet's always a uh, plug on on his podcast. Actually, I listened to the Cornet podcast this week to my, yeah, to my, uh, it was a mistake. Uh, they were talking about oh, the, uh, they were talking about the, the rumble and they were, and Cornet was trying to make this really good point about how, oh yeah, you know, they haven't got as much star power these days. And he's like, hey, Brian, bring up the 1998 Royal Rumble for me and we'll compare star power. The worst possible <laughs> example. Because it's like, he starts reading these names. And it's like, eight ball, chains. Phineas I. Godwin, honky tonk man. That's the level of people that were in the nineteen ninety eight Rumble. And Cornette and uh, did he go with it? Oh, Cornette just doesn't sell him. Cornette just starts go, just goes, yeah, you know. And then oh, and then you know, Ken Shamrock comes out. That's a real star. Uh, and he just pretends that he's not literally just named Blackjack Bradshaw uh, and tries to lean into the fact that um, oh well, they had they had the Legion of Doom on the undercard. They had the Road Warriors. You know, that's a star. It's like no, the Road Warriors in nineteen ninety eight were literally feuding with the, the, the New Age Outlaws, and the entire point was that they were old and past it and done. Yeah. <laughs> that was the Rumble as well, where where Mick Foley did three three appearances because. They didn't have the roster to fill it, and even then, I think they only had twenty nine men in that rumble. Um, but yeah, Cornette being Cornette didn't sell it one bit. Just uh, kept talking about how you know it was so much better in those days when uh, when he was in charge. On that point, actually, oh, go on, JP. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Say, on that was... point, actually, just while we're randomly saying things we watched, you uh, and you mentioned Savio Vega there. You said you uh, you watched the uh, the Yokozuna documentary. I, I talked about it a little bit. Yeah, uh, last week myself. Um, I love the uh, Savio Vega his story in the documentary. Where he's like, oh yeah, you know there were there were some guys backstage. I'm not going to say who, but they were uh, they were trying to uh, squash my push, and uh, and Yokozuna stepped in and sorted it out. And I was like. Triple H and Sean, then, mate. That, that you just don't want to say yeah. it on a two three documentary in twenty twenty one. Did you enjoy it? I did. Mm-hmm. I did enjoy it actually, because I mean, he's just simply because he goes, he comes from sort of nowhere into being a headliner very, very quickly mm-hmm. as Yokozuna, and it's just unfortunate, I think, for him is that the rumbly wins and the kind of way he rim- wins it against, um, like throwing Randy Savage by just sort of kicking out of a of a pinfall attempt which makes no sense for him to do in a rumble mm. after dropping the elbow and that's how he wins it that was always something that kind of tarnished i'd always like kind of hated that rumble for that reason but he was someone who was young and he was surprisingly mobile and agile and the kind of gimmick completely worked mm. and he was like he's part of my childhood he's part of the kind of bits where i was starting to watch more wwe Simply because at that there was a point in time where WCW had kind of started to disappear off ITV in what sort of ninety three, and and he was one of those kind of figures who was around there, and he was a better big man mm. than most. And I can even remember in the wrestling magazines hearing reading about Kakina Maximus. Mm. That that was something that sort of rung a bell, and I was like, oh right. And so it was at that point as well where I kind of realised, well, he's not Japanese, like <laughs> at all. Like he's he's big, he's big Samoan. Mm. Yeah, yeah. They kind of completely gloss over it. But I mean, actually, I thought it was a documentary. They did this one well because they played it a lot more seriously. Mm. And I thought, like, kind of tonally, it felt like they were going for something quite darker. But his story isn't as dark as so many other wrestling stories could be. Mm. And it, it's it's just simply a case of he massively overate 
isn't it? And there's no fucking getting away from that, isn't it? Because he was trying to achieve, as Alan said to us, about like 800 pounds he was going for. And there's no way, like you look at the size of him in points and it's gigantic. But, you know. Like the athletic commissions weren't letting him into certain states. Like I remember watching as a kid in 96 when they did like the baby face run with him and tried to do a comeback. And it was like he was only on every 12th row because he couldn't go to most states and he wasn't allowed to work if he could get there. Um, Yeah. Yeah, he looked terrible. And then they show him on like, Yokozuna doing an indie run in the mid nineties. I thought that was interesting. Getting to see oh, that, like, man, that was, and it was just freak, wasn't it? He was wearing a t-shirt, and you know, he looked like every ex WWE wrestler who can't be asked to be there. And it was, it was rough to watch, to be honest. It was, and it was, you know, and I think in this one that people get so emotional during it because it's it's just sort of everyone from within that family as well and hearing them talk and then hearing me kind of really honest about feeling like they should have intervened a lot sooner and they didn't mm. um obviously there were some photos of him playing dominoes with the lads at the back and the old uh oh, bsk that's, whatever. Photo. that's one of the greatest photos of all time oh god yeah yeah there's there's you know it's it's the usual old stuff really them mm. you know them and the lads playing the dominoes, loving it, drinking Jack Daniels. Um, but it's it's also a period of time that it was just a different perspective on that. Because mm. if you think of all the kind of factions and angles, you you can take that kind of early 90s periods. You know, you'll hear about the Hogans and the Warriors and the kind of bigger stars. This is someone who was a big star, um, didn't really have the kind of sort of longevity at the top for the really for the obvious reason of his, of his kind of health, but it's also like kind of interconnected with that family as being like the kind of first really big main event star from that family, as someone as a singles main event star. Um, it's certainly in the kind of like contemporary age, so it was just interesting to hear it. There were like a kind of a lot of voices, like hearing Rikishi. On it, I thought Rikishi was very good on it as well, and I want to say it was Samu who was in the um, the, yeah, in the, the kind of in the head shrinkers as well. Mm-hmm. You know, and you hear them talking. You hear is it Afa and Seeker talking as well? I mean, there's a lot of stuff with his kids. Is it his wife who's in it quite a bit as well? Yeah, I think it's yeah. his sister too. Um, his sister. Yeah, yeah, but like, yeah, I didn't realize how close Rikishi and Yokozuna were. To be honest, like you see all those photos from because I always thought like when he when he went from being head shrinker Fatu to make a difference Fatu to the Sultan to then eventually landed on Rikishi, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, you just ripping off Yokozuna. Um, you get it when you watch that documentary, you get it because uh, I think he actually even took Yokozuna's spot. You know, Yokozuna was supposed to originally be in the head shrinkers. Um, so how closely tied their careers were and how close they were growing up as as cousins or something, I just wasn't aware of. So yeah. I I really enjoyed that element of it too. Yeah. yeah. It was a better produced effort. There was a lot less schmaltz. There was a lot less kind of WWF being brilliant. There was nothing mentioned about like kind of WCW or anything else. Mm. It was like a very focused story on a person. Mm. And because it focused on that person, it was, it was like, it was all the better for it. Mm. The thing about it, and I kind of said about this in, in you know, part of the, the kind of earlier chat that we were having it before before we um, started the actual podcast itself, is the kind of big element of drama to it is is that it's quite simple. It doesn't have, it sounds really bad, it doesn't have the darkness at the heart of it that a lot of these stories had. Like I can remember the Scott Hall documentary mm-hmm. and you're coming out of that and you're thinking, Jesus, as a person, there's a kind of so much scarring there, but it still has that kind of maintains a bit of a distance as just someone he just wanted to get bigger. Mm. And you never really kind of learn why other than he thinks he has to. And it's just like, 
okay, it still doesn't really kind of make sense to me because you'd imagine at some point there just should have been interventions going in all over the place. But, you know, then they tell stories about him being snuck in kind of like, is it pizza into the hospital or chicken into the hospital or something like that? Yeah, there's a lot of that. It's a, it's sad. Yeah. It's a sad story, isn't it? But worthwhile documentary. Oh, also, um, Brett, they get to shit on Hogan for mm. what he did at WrestleMania 9. And that none of that stuff should get to be forgotten as well. Hogan trying to bullshit his way out of it, thinking, I thought it was good business. And Yoko having the attitude of, well, I'll be touring on top with him in Europe, so I'll make big money. And then they eventually give him the title, which... You hate to say it from the pure, pure business perspective, it kind of works. But hmm. Bret Hart being Bret Hart, he will never view it that way. And God love him for it. Yeah. Like, I really do. I kind of admire him for it. It's just like, it's a chance to shit on Hogan and I'm going to take it. And I'm with him in that. So <laughs> He always will. He always will. Um, I mean, on that point, yeah, you know, but I, I actually watched a bit of WWE TV this week and Hogan did turn up on uh, He turned up on SmackDown this week and... The whole thing was like they were doing a 33 years in review, uh, kind of like, oh, this is the anniversary of uh, of Andre and Hogan. And like, you're going to get like a heartfelt sit down with Hulk? No. Cuts a Hulkamania promo, but he just goes on about this big stinky giant and how he body slammed him 33 <laughs> years ago. It was just like, this isn't, I don't think we need this, mate. Also, I think that was a line you used against the giants, not Andre the Giants. I'm pretty sure that's where that comes from. Uh, oh, it was so awkward and so weird. Um, but yeah, I, I, I did that for my sins. I watched SmackDown this week. I was going to briefly mention that. Isn't a huge amount to report, really, other than, you know, Roman Reigns is great. Um, they Edge turned up, didn't pop a rating though, because of course he didn't, because he's fucking Edge. Uh, I also saw him on NXT <laughs> this week, uh, where he simultaneously managed to make himself look. He was in there with with uh, with Pete Dunn, and he made Pete Dunn look about twelve, and made himself look about eighty five. He like he is morphing <laughs> into Robbie Brookside day by day. Mm. Like it is shocking. Um, he had no place on. I'm NXT. Laughing, laughing, laughing at you, laughing at you here uh, for uh, for SmackDown. Um, for my sins, I watched SmackDown. Oh, I watched NXT as well. That's what's <laughs> happening here? No, look, I got daily updates. <laughs> no, that was the only Even, bit of NXT that I saw. Um, I'm not watching Raw after it. There's no fucking chance in hell of that. That's part of the joy is this happened. Right, okay, I'll take your word for it. Yeah. This time next year, JP, who's going to be on a fucking double-decker bus? <laughs> no. Mate, we'll have to fucking, honestly, he'll be handcuffed to the BT Sports studio, won't he? No, SmackDown's honestly say, but- okay. Like as, as far as shows go, like the thing is, you've got to watch it with a liberal. You've got to keep your hand on that fast forward button. Like I'll watch it on the BT Sport app, and I'll watch Roman Reigns segment. I'll watch anything with Daniel Bryan and Cesaro. Some of the women's stuff is all right, and that you, you really mm-hmm. need to fast forward through the shite. Um, but that was what I was going to say. Like I say, the Roman stuff with with Edge and Kevin Owens attack on Roman was was good stuff. Not the best stuff Roman's done lately, but. I'm quite. I'm just a big fan of that act, so I'm quite happy to watch that at the mm. moment. But yeah, Daniel Bryan, Cesaro. I was, was going to say that is right up your street, um, Gareth. As far as like uh, matches go, I'm not saying it was more than like. I mean, I gave it three point seven five on Grapple, and the average is below that. I think there was a few people, you know, it's trending around the three and a half star point. So it doesn't exactly sound like a match I'd rec- you should really be recommending. But as far as solid TV matches, where you know, I saw Jamesy talking about it, where everything in the match matters, where every little bit of work matters, where they don't waste time with an opening stretch. It goes straight to, to what they're doing. They're telling a story using, you know, a back injury and it 
I don't even want to ruin it too much. It builds right into the finish. You know, yeah. Brian being selfish, you know, selfless Brian um, in wanting to get Cesaro over. He gives him plenty in the match. It is a, it's a great piece of work. It's a great example of what you can do with a three and a half to three point seven five star match. At the end of the day, them two going three and a half, three point seven five, mm-hmm. and it's and it's them two as well. You know, it's going to be fucking good. So there you go. You've you've t- you've taught me, and I might be on that bus with you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, don't watch anything else, anyone. Um, and and also, I do wish that match was happening elsewhere. But I'll take what I can take. Um, he's never leaving Cesaro. Uh, all those uh, all those people on Twitter fighting his corner. Listen, he wants to put food on his table, apparently. So, you know, he's uh, he's not ours, so why are you? Um, it's probably the best way to look at it at this point. Uh, anything else you guys wanted uh, to cover before we go? Anything else you guys have seen? Oh, I think that's pretty much it for me. Mm. Yeah, it's been a quiet one, really, this week. Yeah. It has, yeah. Hopefully we got a next week, I think this weekend, there's a Bloodsport show uh, coming up, which I think is, uh, you know, they're going for the record with uh, with blood sports shows this year, but yeah, that that that's always going to interest me. Uh, NXT takeovers happening. Don't think we're really going to be hugely sold on that. Uh, apparently, oh, that's, that's on that's on Sunday. What's, what's, yeah. the, what's the main event? Do you know? What? Pete Dunn versus um, is it Pete Dunn from Bella? Yeah, it is Pete Dunn from Bella. Yeah, is it? Um, Pete Dunn in the main event? Should we not all be excited? We can watch him do his flappy birds hitting people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, still hasn't learned to punch, has he? All them fucking, all them fucking years he's spent now in you know training with the best wrestlers in the world and all you know different training programs and stuff. And he's still fucking, you know, that gif was going around, wasn't it? But he's been doing that for fucking five years. It used to drive me nuts, you know, like him, uh, you know, getting into these big flappy striking exchanges. Come on, Pete. Just fucking learn to throw a punch, please. <laughs> please. Uh, yeah, the uh, the progression these wrestlers make under uh, under WWE. But uh, yeah, Gibson and Drake are doing well in that NXT tournament. So I'll, I'll tune in to see them. Um, but that's about it. I think it's gonna. Yeah, it, uh, that's, mm. I think that's. There's an, I think there's an impact show as well, JP. You know, I'm, I'm sure you'd be excited for that too. But you know. Pri- private party versus uh, the good the good brothers. I bet you go. That'll put some buttons seats. <laughs> Let's uh, put yeah. my my butt in a seat, mate. And isn't that that's the important thing? <laughs> that's the important thing. Well, yeah, we'll uh, whether I paid for the ticket is up to interpretation. <laughs> Uh, well, speaking of paying for the ticket, obviously, uh, before we go, uh, got to throw some, throw some thanks out, uh, obviously, for the people who've uh, tuned in live for us tonight at our, our £9 tier, all our patrons in general, everyone who's tuned in and uh, given us feedback uh, for the new shows we've done and the uh, the reviews we've done. It is hugely appreciated, obviously, if you want to join the party, uh, patreon.com slash grapple. And a big shout out, got to throw out there, is uh, for our current king of the mountain uh, um, in uh, in february we have a uh, robert brocky um who's going to be uh, picking one of our reviews for this month so i'll uh, i'll be getting in touch with uh, with our mate robert so uh, thanks to him um back on uh, robert lad. level being the uh, he is the official king of the mountain uh, as far as uh, gravel spotlight goes so yeah thanks to you uh, especially out there and yeah in general thanks to everybody who's uh, who signed us to the patreon mm. and uh, and supported us in anyway that the tweets the likes the retweets of uh, of all been hugely appreciated um, but anyway, that's it for us uh, for another show. We're going to have a, a quick chat with our with our patrons who've tuned in live, uh, do our little post show that's uh, available on that tier as well. I'll stop vlogging stuff now. Um, but in the meantime, uh, we will be back next week with regular spotlight coming, covering all that stuff over the weekend. And as I say, you can uh, get the rest of our updates over on the Patreon. That's it for us for another week. 
Cheers for tuning in, guys. Bye. See ya. This week on Patreon. Why is a film effectively about Hulk Hogan quite interested in the machinations of this television network, which isn't WCW, but it's kind of what he wants WCW to be? Sorry, I don't know what question I've asked you there, lads. I was going to say, was that, was that a question or a statement? I mean, you're right. a statement more than anything else. Hey, this, this leads on to what Benno's point. It's, it's, Benno, it's, you take over. It's, it's part of his wet... It's part of Vince's wet dreams, isn't yeah. it, though, that comes out in multiple times on this occasion. It's Ted Turner pandering to him, isn't it? Kind of, oh, like, coming out, like, defeated to such an extent. I mean, this is a route that I would have personally loved to see. Like, it would have been, like, amazing if, you know, he tried to, like... Um, get Nash and Hall and then um, then they ultimately uh, they had such integrity that they decided to stay with the uh, WWF at the time so like Ted Turner and Eric Bischoff like find some massive hard bastard who just like ends up twatting their families and like attacking their misses and things like that and then just like ultimately try to plan some massive showdown possibly in Korea or something like that you know and then um, and then who knows you know leaving it's it HBO t- miniseries indeed really you're saying on there I, it I is, mean, it, it, <clears throat> it's like it's like to that point. It, it is purely just what Vince imagines all these people to mm. be. It, it's how he how this is what he pitches TV execs to be. Like you know, there's a mm. there's a group of greedy money men and women all sat in a room, evilly watching the TV, trying to trying to plot for for what they're gonna do to take over the world and. You know, down to like even like you know, and they do like the bar scene where like they're they're in like that dirty bar, and it's like and that whole scene in the uh, in the toilet with a with a wrestler. I'm guessing I'm going to bring up in a bit, um, where it's like you know a big dirty urinal. Like bring like, up now with like pints, well. pints of piss in it, and and it's just yep. grungy. And you know, Vince McMahon genuinely believes that that's what a bar is like. That must be what bars yeah. are like. That's what people that's what people do yeah. in those bars. And you have to piss in like a bucket and it's horrible and there's fellas walking out with, with shitty assholes and toilet paper hanging out <laughs> and you know there's women getting beaten up and it's all like it is pure I said the fever dream at the top. That is purely what it is. It's Vince McMahon's mm. version of the world and that goes to like like I said, I'm not saying I didn't have a good time watching it. I did have a good time watching it, but it, like, I'm not going to critically analyse this as a film. But it goes to like everything about this film is like it, it reminded me of what Mick Foley said once about Vince, where like Foley was having a conversation with Vince, kind of like we joked about it before. But like, what's my motivation as a heel? Why would I do this? And Vince was just like, "Well, because you're the bad guy. That's it. You're the bad guy." And it's and that is this film. Why why does the TV yeah. exec care? That? much about tv ratings what's he actually getting out of it at the end of the day like why does this oh god where, where you talk about them being in that bar though and, and and like that whole the whole vince side of things like they're just like like supporting that almost it's it's like the two other tv execs say to brill like the lead the lead bad tv exec mm. like 
Like, I don't which one? Remember in his name. Yeah, couldn't which... be asked to write it down. It's because he's brill. Um, <laughs> um, but it was like, which do you like best? And he's like, all of them. They're all scum. And I was thinking, that's Vince McMahon's brain. Just thinking yeah. about his customer base. Just thinking about everything. He's just like, who cares? They're all they're all just fucking scum. Like he just sees them as low rent hillbilly hicks. You know, who would be drinking thinking in bars like this with no teeth with waitresses who fucking snort every other word and um i don't know she snorted or farted or did both at the same time i was very confused by that she looks nothing like hansen as well which is interesting because an imdb says it's his shoot sister really that's really? a lie no that's not the case i made that up oh, just oh. On the Sister. Yeah. I, I, I was going to say I thought she'd been on the tune tobacco as well when I looked at her teeth. Like, but uh... well, she gets off easy compared to the other waitress. That's true. But like, like. yeah. But no one's a, no one no one's. A, and I'm not touching that. No one in this film is a real person, though. Like that's the thing. No one is real. Like because everyone's a character. Even like you know. Mm. You might have, you might have like in your dreams dream booked out yet Stan Hansen in like getting a proper run in like in, in the WWF like this is what he would have been he would have been fucking he was a couple of steps removed from like Henry O'Gobwin or like you know what I mean like a fucking yeah he's just like this is what Vince McMahon he sees a man in a mustache he's a bit of a cowboy and you know he's, he, this is him this is exactly what he would have been if he'd gotten like that that long run in the uh, in the WWF in the eighties or something. If we're talking about Stan Hansen, then why, like one of the things that He's I the, the most confusing the things for me, <laughs> for me is, and and this confused me like when I was a child as well. When I first watched this, I was like, "Why the fuck is Stan Hansen in this film?" Mm-hmm. Like Vince McMahon owns this federation full of wrestlers, and he chooses to at that time bring somebody in who isn't work hasn't worked for him in years and like mm. is like his work at, at that point had he worked he'd probably been back to wcw had he was it 89 no it was it a touch he it was, was 90 yeah the switch the, switch the u.s belt so that was the year later so like like i don't know it, it confused the fuck out of me at the time and now as to why that gig wasn't given to Jim Duggan or whoever, you know, there's somebody on the roster kind of thing that they could have given her a payday to there. Well, you've hit on the kind of bigger point, which is there's no other wrestlers in it. When you're kind of going through the credits, I remember recognised like Jeep Swenson, but, and there's a kind of cavalcade of big people. You'd be thinking, I'll bet Vince loved him. I can't recognise who that is. There's a lot of that for me that's going on. And like you say, you've got all these other marketable people, um, why didn't they include? Why didn't he? I'm surprised that Beefcake didn't fucking wangle his. Yeah, yeah, true. That's, that's very weird. Um, yeah, did, and that's and that's the kind of strange thing about it is for a film about wrestling. There's a lot of kind of apart from the ED match at the beginning, which I feel like I've given far too much credit to say it's a match. <laughs> it's one minute long. You realise Bill ED, who was Axe in Demolition, I want to say, yeah, mm-hmm. and. Um, He's got a fine head of hair on him for a man his age, and he—I he, imagine he looked old when he was like seven or something. Because he—that was his—that was that was his Survivor Series ninety hair, where it was his like last date with the company, and he just didn't give a fuck, so he didn't even bother gelling his hair back. It was just like exactly the same. It just was all just like <laughs> sticking up randomly, and like I was like, "Fucking hell! Like what the hell's going on here?" 